0: this is episode 47 of TLDR podcast it's the most wonderful time of the year right Traden? yes sir NHL playoffs are in full effect NBA playoffs start tomorrow there's a major golf tournament this weekend I'm losing my mind (laughs) Traden, how you doing
1: dude I'm doing great um No, you're not. You're stressed. What are you talking about?
0: Well, I'm doing great for the (laughs) We're talking, we're we're a
2: sports podcast here. So I'm going to strictly keep it to the sports side. I'm great. The playoffs have been fantastic. Three of four games so far. And I'm not counting the games that are on right now have been overtime. And then that game last night was arguably one of the best hockey games I've seen all season, if not in the last like three seasons, it was unbelievable game. Um, Yeah, the, the playoffs are pretty amazing so far. Yeah.
0: The one knock is something Alex mentioned, like probably the two lamest Canadian organizations in the NHL, Vancouver Canucks and Calgary Flames, just playing meaningless trash games. Uh, Alex, what do you think about this bullshit? I'd honestly forgotten
3: that I had said anything about it. So I was like, (laughs) what what are you talking about? Um, I mean, I know it's all just money. Like they, the you know, whatever Canadian TV rights or you know radio rights, they have to finish him out. But I don't like. What is the point? What if one of these guys has like some gnarly season-ending injury? And like they both had just terrible seasons. Like, and I think it's so weird. Like, I was looking through the playoffs to see like when when teams were starting, and all of a sudden I was like, Vancouver, what are you doing in here? You suck. <laughs> and they have they play like four more games, and like. Yeah. And it, I think it's, screw, it's screwing a lot of the timing up for some of this stuff. But and I don't know why they get like seven o'clock prime time. I guess because it's on the western side of Canada. But
0: yeah, I think that it's was stupid. I'll we'll this: my though, biggest complaint.
2: Th- these games, they're they're all gentlemen's games. They they're not going full full hundred percent. I mean, that's just, well, no.
0: they're, yeah, they're the literally best,
2: doing it because they have to. So they don't get fined.
0: The only like good <laughs> part about it is all the Daryl Sutter interviews post game. Like, they, they just keep popping up on my Instagram feed. Uh, a fellow Daryl Sutter lover as well, Tyler. How you doing? I
4: fucking love Daryl Sutter. But, I, man, I, love I miss Daryl that Sutter. guy. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Very true. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, busy weekend. Uh, back home. Got one week left of the season for, for uh, LMU baseball. So, we'll have weekends free again soon, which will be really nice. So, um, are you guys going to make the playoffs? Oh, no. definitely not. definitely not. <laughs> we, uh, well, yeah, we, no, just no. We we got off to a really bad start and we've been playing better lately. So we're finishing the season on in a positive note, but we just dug ourselves such a big hole that playoffs were very unlikely.
0: Yeah. Uh, what a disgrace, Tyler. What a disgrace. Yeah, um, it's all right. Next year. That's nah, all right. You don't play for the team, I guess. Um I I James. There's a major golf tournament on this weekend. How excited are you? Just because you probably just found that out. but
1: how Yeah, I, are you? I had no idea. Like, what is going on this week? I don't know. It's like NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. It was a little bit more important right now, you know? Uh, golf, it's cool when I'm watching it with you, but nobody else really watches golf, man. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> go golf. <laughs> this is
0: a like basically Sunday will be like a playoff game for golf because it's like one of the major tournaments. It's the PGA championship. Oh, that one. Yeah. But it's all right. You know, I'll have it on on Sunday. It's not like I'm going to watch every day, but it'll be nice to just Thursday. You can throw it on in the daytime and Friday, Alex, save, save a small TV at the brewery just for, for somebody who wants to watch that. You know, you might, (laughs) you might glimpse over a few shots. I'm I'm sure someone will come in and be like, can I watch golf?
3: I can almost guarantee that will not happen.
0: And you're gonna be like, there's three hockey games, three NBA <laughs> I think, games. I think you have the, the right playoffs. to refuse service to that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. You're like, well, Eric I was that remote, guy? So. It's
0: very different I did to that, that actually this year, but it wasn't during playoffs of things, so you it's know, a little it's bit different. different. <laughs> um, guys, uh, right away we're gonna get into what's most relevant, which is the NHL playoffs they started 2 days ago um trade-in is going to get right into it right now
2: right now let's do it um, so uh, we're going to go through all the divisions we're going to we're going to do kind of a rapid fire I ask every all the guys to, to pick a co- um, a few teams that they're going to kind of represent in the uh, in the breakdowns for the uh, the playoffs here um, fucking boss god damn it <laughs> to start each division though I want to go through all of I want to tell everyone obviously where the the rankings were and then how we fared, you know, like in our preseason or our preseason predictions, you know, all those times, all the, all those uh, weeks ago, which was like around week 30 or something. Um, so uh, we will, so I'll get into that. We're going to start with the mass mutual East. Um, the mass mutual East is, is uh, Pittsburgh was the first seed team um, and they're taking on the New York Islanders who were the fourth seed team. Washington took that second seed team. Um, and they're, they're playing the third seed Boston Bruins. So I expected Boston, um, in this order, I had Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders making the playoffs. I am right in who's getting in, who got in, but I'm not right in obviously the order. Um, I, I, we all, everyone except one of us expected Boston to get first and that just never happened. They really took, they, they really had a rough middle of the season as you guys remember. Um, James had the caps getting first and it was close. They almost did. Um, it, was, it was pretty damn close. Um, no one was perfect except me in terms of who was in. Cause you guys had either the Rangers or the flyers making it. Um, Alex and James had the flyers making it and they just disappointed. And Tyler had the Rangers, which let's be real. If they weren't in the mass mutual East, which in my opinion was definitely the most competitive division. They probably would have made the playoffs this season, so I'll give you Caps uh, props for that, Eric. I think you were gone that that episode, so um, so sorry. That <laughs> didn't <mention. laughs> I'm, I'm didn't i sure if I asked you who you thought would get in, you'd say, "Oh yeah, the guys that got in." So, uh, but yeah, we're gonna get right into <laughs> it. Um, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the Pittsburgh New York um, New York series. We got the. We got the number one seed Pittsburgh against the fourth seed New York Islanders. We're going to keep this brief because we want to get into this. James, you're following Pittsburgh. Why are they going to win?
1: Because of Sidney Crosby, dude. Like at 33 years old, that guy is still dominating. I don't know if you guys watched last night's game, but he had this amazing, he has great hand-eye coordination. He had this amazing little deflection goal. I put them up for a second there, but they ultimately lost. Uh, they're just faster and better at moving the puck than the Islanders are. And they played the Islanders a bunch during the season, obviously, and in years past. And the Islanders play the exact same scheme of defense over and over again. But the amount of times they've seen it, the Penguins should be able to pick it apart.
2: Are you worried about the uh, the, the Vesna Trophy season that Simeon oh Barlamov is is uh, is you know playing over in New York?
1: Oh yeah, uh, Tristan Tristan Jari is terrible. Anything above <laughs> his shoulders, he cannot get. So as long as he figures that out, we'll be okay but as of right now the entire penguins team is good except for him so they, i'm really really afraid of goaltending
2: that's for so sure so the penguins just need to outscore that's it
1: that's essentially yep all
2: Go right Eric Sports. you're ta- you're taking on that that defensive juggernaut in the New York Islanders and this is like this is like you you love you love these defensive teams so why why is James wrong why is Pittsburgh going to be beat let me
0: start off by mentioning the team I mention every time we talk about hockey the LA Kings when they won their two Stanley Cups me Alex and Tyler said this probably like 10 times but their defense uh, the Islanders defense reminds us of the Kings defense. Basically, they'd win those one goal games, they win 2 1, 1 0. Boring for the fans. Um, but defense wins games in this league. One thing, what the hell is wrong with Varlama? He wasn't even on the bench in the first game. Does he have COVID or is he hurt? That is um, a great question because uh, Schneider was on the bench, it, but that which is extremely sketchy for the Islanders um, but I do like their backup Sor- sorokin yeah he's done good this year I think he's a rookie this Russian dude Russian kid I say um but Varlamov wasn't even dressed up um I had him in fantasy but I just gave up on that because I'm gonna boycott Tyler's league forever now mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I mean I'm not that was Tyler. my whole plan. So yeah, <laughs> I just to get Varlamov wasn't even dressed up, but one other thing I'll say is, uh, well, the goaltending tandem seems to be getting the job done this year uh, when Varlamov is there, but um, I guess you could say in that game one, uh, 72 hits and 39 saves. Those two things are going to demonstrate why the defense wins.
4: Hey,
2: um you know, that, that, that first game was pretty tight. I mean, New York did take it in overtime um, after a late comeback um, in third period there. Um, Varlama looks like he just has a lower body injury. Uh, He did skate in optional practice today. So it seems like he's close to return, but we'll see. But um, you know, I, I I have the penguins taking the series. Uh, I just, I just, given the fact that given the fact of what Mount or what Crosby did this season to will his team to the playoffs and to the first seed in the East, I just can't imagine that, you know, that's going to subside. And let's be real, you know, as of late, besides the last game, the Islanders were kind of in a weird trajectory in the wrong direction. So I'm going to side with James on this. Sorry, Eric, I'm going to side with James on this. I have Pittsburgh um, going in, in my bracket. Um,
0: One other thing. Oh yeah, no Malkin right now for the Penguins. Does that change? Hey, he'll be back. Hey, be back <laughs> he'll be back. That's true. he'll be back. I have Pittsburgh in six, and that hopefully Varlamov is back too, and then that'll change. Yeah,
2: it, I think that if Varlamov comes back, I think that Pittsburgh is just going to have to kick it up in that next gear. Um, but we'll see. They face each other a lot, and um, I guarantee they're sick of seeing each other. That's for sure. Uh, moving on to the other. Um, Uh, matchup in the East. Uh, We got the second seed Washington Capitals against the third seed Boston Bruins. Um, Alex,
3: why are the Caps going to win this series? I just think the Capitals have overall better depth. We've talked about how Boston has one really good line. And then, I mean, they did get Taylor Hall and he's played well for them, but then the rest of it is iffy. Uh, I don't trust Tukarask. That's just a fact um, and I just think the Capitals are bigger and stronger, and it will be a series that the Capitals will just wear them down. Uh, shout out Nick Dowd, former LA King, get that OT goal in the game one. So um, looks like game two is going to OT again. That's pretty dope. Um, Chara monster. He knows he knows what the Bruins are doing. I just I just think that the the Capitals are just going to have. Overall depth, I do think it's going to go seven, or I hope it goes seven, because this will this would be a super fun series.
2: All right, Tyler. Why do you think your Boston Bruins, or the Boston Bruins, not necessarily your Boston
4: Bruins, are going <laughs> to
2: beat Washington?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I covered the Boston Bruins last uh, playoff run, and I just figured I'd do it again just because, you know, they're kind of my team now, I guess, my secondary team. <laughs> um so yeah game two just went into overtime so both games overtime. this is a crazy series it's going to be i mean i don't know if you guys have watched um or the listeners have been watching this one this is this is chippy this is like it is these guys are it seems every stop they're getting in each other's face and just and going at it there's penalties left and right um so it's going to be a really brutal physically hard-fought series as 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 alex mentioned um I, I, you know, the, the Boston Bruins have been the hottest team since the, the, tra- the trade deadline. I think that Taylor Hall pick was really good for them. Added some depth um, and added some scoring. I think it fixed a lot of their issues. Um, and I don't, I, the, the caps on, on the goaltending side, I don't know if they're as experienced experience as they have been in the past. I think that that could potentially uh, hurt them in, in a seven-game series because I agree. I think, I think this one's going to go all the way to seven. This is a really good, evenly matched uh, matchup here. Um, but I just like the Bruins with the way that they've been playing lately. They're 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 hot at the right time, um, and I just see them um, offensively. I think overwhelming the Capitals defense there um, in a longer series.
2: I like that. Um, look, this series I think is going to be. I think I think it's, it's going to be a damn good series. This is the second game in a row that they've gone to overtime. They, I mean, the period, the game just ended. Uh, well, the regulars, um, the regular regulation time just ended. Um, the Bruins scored 26 goals, caps pumped in 24 and each average about 30 shots a goal, 30 shots on goal per game. Like th- these are very evenly matched teams. So I, I, you know, you could flip a coin and I think, I think that, um, you know, it could be, it could be anyone. Um, I, you know, I love the TJ Oshie, I love Ovechkin, um, and I, and picking up Anthony Manta was a sneaky, good trade deadline pick from the caps. Um, that being said, Boston did win the trade deadline by taking Taylor Hall. So, uh, and he's done very well. Like, and and I'm sitting here, you know, the, I'm the same guy that said that he's one of the most overrated players in the league. So, um, he's definitely found a little bit of a stride and he's proving his worth. And I think he wants to stay in Boston. And I think that this playoff run is going to be, is going to mean a lot to him in finding that, that home in Boston. All that being said, I have the caps winning. Um, I think this is going to go to six or seven. But I do have the Caps winning, so we're going to see another Caps-Pens matchup. Um, But, hey, this is going to go the distance, and um, you guys both made great points. Um,
0: You think this is the NBA or something? Just another Caps-Pens matchup? Yeah, pretty much. What a parody!
3: Everyone wants to see it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Everyone
3: wants
2: to see it. Um, Will it? I also, Will it? I also give my, I tip my hat to the power play on the, on the caps, the caps power play is, they were, they were at a over one point. They're at 1.13 power play goals per game. That is obscene. <laughs> so, um, and the Boston side just wasn't have it. or just wasn't quite there. So, um, but we'll see. Um, but I have the caps. So does Alex Tyler. We'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be tight. Um, but moving on to the central, the Discover Central Division, um, the, the, end, the standings ended up with Carolina number one, Florida number two, Tampa number three, and Nashville number four. We all had Tampa number one and Dallas number two. We all had that. And Dallas um, did not even make the playoffs. They had a really rough start to the season, and then they dealt with the winter storm in February. They just couldn't find a good stride. And Tampa really kind of – disappointed in a sense i guess in the regular season i think i think those injuries you know to the start of the season kind of really affected them so um you know they just they just never really you know rose to the occasion in my opinion um we had most of us had the carolina as in in that third spot besides alex wedham in the fourth spot um and then james had the predators Mm -hmm. making it which they did good pick there bud yeah Um, i lost 50
1: bucks too so that was cool i mean yeah go pride but i lost money (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thank Eric. you for that again, Eric. Unfortunately, you didn't, um, you, you weren't there for this one, but the rest of us <laughs> had, had
1: Columbus, the new, this MIA. <laughs>
2: had Columbus um, making the playoffs yeah. there. Um, I mean, so I, I'll yeah. say this. I think, I think the surprising, the surprising one for everybody was Florida. Like Florida really did amazing job and we'll get to that one. But first we're going to start with the top seed Carolina hurricanes taking on the four-seed Nashville Predators, who in my mind, there's always one team who I think makes the biggest surprise You know, down the stretch of the season. I thought Nashville was completely out of it prior to the de- trade deadline, and then they completely came out of nowhere and made the playoffs. Um, they were fighting till the bitter end with, uh, with Dallas, who was trying to make it. Um, but Tyler, why are the Canes going
4: to beat the Nashville Predators? I think maybe other than... The Vegas Golden Knights. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are the most complete hockey team in the NHL right now. Um, they just, they can do it all. They got great goaltending. They play great defense and they can score. Um, they're just very well-rounded and they're really hard to beat. Um, and that's the reason why they got the number one seed. And that's the reason why they're one of the best teams in hockey right now. They're playing great. Offensively, uh, Aho is a stud. Not only is he, is he good um, um, offensively, but he's just one of those all-around great players. I think he kind of represents that style play that Carolina loves. It's just, you know, they're good at pretty much everything. They do everything well. Um, and that three headed, that three headed uh, net minder tandem. Um, all of them are really solid. And I think we've seen where in the playoffs that having depth in goaltending can really help you out. And that there's a lot of teams that have one Stanley cups with two goaltenders kind of, you know, doing a platoon situation. They have three really great goaltenders. So they have great depth in, in, in net um, and also with this particular matchup against the, the Predators, uh, the Hurricanes during the regular season, and I know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at the you know, re- regular season matchups, how it, how it affects the uh, playoffs, but their special teams dominated, dominated the, uh, the Preds this, this, this season. Their power play was, was uh, 10 points higher and their uh, penalty kill was uh, five points higher than their season average. Um, so I think I, I like this, this matchup with, for, for the Hurricanes. They're up 3-2 right now in the third period. Um, I think that the Preds. I think they're they're, they're going to be close games, but I just think the, the Hurricanes are going to overwhelm the, the the Preds and win this in five or six games.
2: I like that, uh, James. We found out today that your boy Kittle is a huge Predators fan. Your tight end is a huge Predators fan, and you texted me. You said I'm a huge Predators fan. Now, why are the Predators going to beat the Canes this series?
1: Okay, I just want to clear something up real fast. Contrary to popular belief. I am a big Preds fan. Like the Preds are probably like the first team I watched in the playoffs ever. I remember a couple years back, they're I think they're playing the Stanley Cup. I remember? Um, yeah, Penguins. Yeah, Pecorino. Penguins. Pecorino Penguins. was in uh, Penguins. Penguins. Yeah, Penguins. I, was, I watched a lot of that. Those games. <laughs> Drank a lot of beer during those games. <laughs> so at the time, like I watched a lot of hockey and it was a lot of the Preds stuff. So I like the Preds. Um, but Tyler's biggest point was that they're a very complete team. And I think that's to their, to their detriment right now. Uh, I think the fact that they been, haven't been have been tested, they've kind of just been cruising all regular season long. And on the flip side, the Predators have basically play, been playing playoff hockey for the last two months, just trying to climb back in there and do their thing. They're playing at a level that's way higher intensity-wise than the Hurricanes have seen. And the Predators are a perennial playoff team. They've been there time and time again. Um, Carolina, not as much. So all that all the people who are there like for Philip Forsberg and Ryan Ellis and uh, all those guys, they know how to play playoff hockey. The intensity is triple what it is in the, in the regular season. And I think that's going to help them a lot. On top of that, you see Saros, one of your most important players of last year. He's on a tear right now. The dude's like 0.927, save centers. The guy's on fire. He's doing so well. And I think they're going to take that momentum from beating off the stars for that fourth spot into the series and hopefully put up a good fight. They probably won't win. But I really want them to win.
2: I love that. Um, look, I did, what less than like nine months ago, I said that UC Saros was the most important player for the Predators, and everyone called me a fucking idiot. The guy just put up a nine twenty-seven save percentage this season, <laughs> twenty-one fucking wins. So fuck you, everybody else. That, that was, was the kids, was mainly, not us. mainly
1: Eric, mainly Eric, <laughs> mainly <laughs> no, Eric was all the kids on,
2: on Instagram. <laughs> it's all the kids. Um, uh, look. I, I love I love I love both teams. I love the stories of both teams that I love where one team completely dominated their division and then the other one had a terrible start and it wasn't and if it wasn't for UC Saros and the, and the scoring starting to come back, you know, the, the Predator or the Predators made the playoffs and I think that that's a huge story in and of itself. I personally, I'm going to, I think that the Hurricanes are going to win this in five at the very most. Um, I, you know, I look at the mix of veterans and kids of, you know, Sebastian Aho, Andre Smeshnikov, Vincent Trocek, Jacob Slavin, their head coach brought Rob Brindamore is someone I've talked about on this podcast. He captained the, the team in 2006 who won the Stanley cup and <laughs> they were a dominant team that came out of nowhere. And, um, and he is going to, he's, he's already brought that, he's already brought some huge, you know, huge, I don't, it's, it's an intangible thing that you can't even explain his, it's his drive. It's his passion for the game. And it's, and it's, it's showing in their play. They're super fast. They're super hungry for the puck. Uh um, has a n- .92 and to 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 your point, Tyler. Mrazic has a 9.23 save percentage. Reimer has a nine oh six save percentage and Nijelgvik. I can't even explain. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I tried so hard to learn how to pronounce. Has, a, has a has a damn nine thirty-two save percentage. Like it, it It's going to be very, very tough for, for Nashville to make it out. I think, I think this is one of the more lopsided ones, although I would love to see, I mean, I don't really care uh, who makes it out. I, you know, I, I love, I really like both teams, but I have, I have this place in my heart that I really want to see Carolina make the Stanley cup final playing the Oilers because the last time those two teams were in the finals. The, you know, they were together and, you know, I want some retribution from 20,006. I was just a wee lad back then.
1: 20,006.
2: So, 20,006. 20,006. Yep. Oh, wow. The future. It's the future. <laughs> so uh, I have the Hurricanes in five. And I think, James, I think, I think you could admit, I think you admitted that the Hurricanes are probably going to win, but you'd love to see oh, the yeah. Predators win. I'm with you there. I mean, I don't really care. Um, It's just a tough one to, it's just going to be a tough one for them. Um, Going on to the other, the other battle in the, in the central, the battle of Florida for the first time in playoff history, the second seed Florida Panthers are taking on the third seed Tampa Bay lightning. These, these um, reigning Stanley cup champion from last year, Eric, why is Florida going to win this, win this series?
0: Um, Well, first off, so far this has been the most exciting series just a pretty much a full barn of fans big hits fights and lots of goals unbelievable all that we saw yesterday um one thing though do you think that first goal should have been called back from florida yeah Yeah. so i
2: i was all over the place saying oh there's no way they they can call that back And and stan bennett did make a push against the pad it's really it's tough but I saw the angle and it probably should have been called back. It was the right call. Um, It's tough though. They just didn't
0: blow the whistle, you know? That's what's fucked. They should have blown the whistle. True. True. But either way, um, Florida will get it done because of their head coach, um, Quenville, who was the coach of the fucking Chicago Blackhawks in their era of dominance. He got three cups with them. He's turned around this entire team. Um, they look exciting. They look like a fast paced, jump the gun type of team, kind of like the Blackhawks. Their defense seems pretty solid, except they got caught slipping in the very last minute of the game yesterday and ended up losing. But it's going to be like a battle every game. I feel like, um, they have, they seem to have way more energy last night. I feel like they outplayed Tampa or at least provided more energy, um, on their side of things. But, um, That was just game one, and it it seems to be exciting. It's going to go seven games, and Florida's going to pull it off. Love it. Alex, why are the
2: Tampa Bay Lightning, the reigning Stanley Cup champions, going to beat their state peer in the Florida Yeah,
3: Yeah, you know at the beginning of the season when we talked about the most complete teams in hockey, this is the team we talked about. (laughs) You You can say whatever you want about Tampa's handling or whatever you want to call it, Nikita Kucherov, and this kind of bullshit, takey-tacky rule they've used to stay under the cap space. Um, but he's back. He scored two goals last night. It's his first game since game five, or however many games they won last year. I think it was five. Stamkos, Vasilevsky, this team is incredibly deep. They have their two best forwards back. You just said they got outplayed by Florida, and they still won. I just think this team has too much depth, too much experience. And, I mean, Kucherov's been – he had a hip surgery. He's, you know, healthy, a top five player in the league. He has been skating for a month and practicing with the team for two weeks. He's probably fine. And they just got a completely healthy, completely fresh Nikita Kucherov. Brutal. Brutal for the Florida Panthers, who had an incredible season. But Tampa is just too good and too deep. Uh, I have them. I think I have them winning in six.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: Also, because I, I want it to go long.
2: <laughs> yes, we all want this to go long, guys. If if, if last night was indicative of how the series is going to go, it it's going to be the best series in the entire uh, in the entire first round. Um, look this one's tough. I mean, you, like, like you said, Alex, this is the reigning Stanley cup champion. This is, this is who I've been talking about is the most complete team in the NHL, or at least one of the, be- the most complete teams, in the NHL. Um, so there's not really much I can say to that other than the fact, say more to them other than the lightning played 56 games and won 36 in 2021. Vasilevsky started, started 42 of those games and won 31 of them. If he doesn't win the Vesna there's something wrong. (laughs) He he was absolutely incredible. That being said, Florida had a, had such a wicked, um, had such a wicked, um, you know, run this year. I mean, there was, there was a point halfway through that they hadn't strung two losses together. They, they, they were following every loss up with a win, which to me is huge. That, that is, that is indicative of a team that can really handle the pressure and, and turn it around when, you know, they they don't let those losses get them down. They just move on, and that's 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 the sign of a of an experienced playoff team. Um, and they acquired Sam Bennett from Cal, from Calgary in the at the off and the trade deadline. And Sam Bennett had really had problems up in Calgary. He just couldn't find a stride. But Sam Bennett in the playoffs is one of the best hockey players I've ever seen. Uh, it, it's something that is mystical. Like he he's terrible in the regular season, but once he gets to the postseason, he's a different guy. And in fact he was such a big part of the game last night that he got suspended the next game, which could be fucking huge for them because he was, he was involved in every single scuff, uh, every single goal. It felt like he got his, he got his goal taken away. I mean, he's just all over the place. Um, so I think you, I think Tampa should be watching out for him. Oh. Um, that being said, I do have Tampa winning in seven,
3: but I really want Florida to win. <laughs> really- we didn't even, we didn't even mention Victor Hedman. Who's the right. best defense
2: in, in and, hockey? And and, and even but win. here's the thing: we didn't we you know that kind of comes far far for the course. But Victor Hedman did not have he had, he kind of struggled this season. He didn't have that great of a season relative to his normal. And they're still this good, and they're still winning when they're being outplayed. Like you're you're absolutely right. They're they're going to be such a force for Florida. Um, but I really would love Florida to beat Tampa because it's been so many years that that Florida's been the punching bag the 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 punching bag of tampa bay and it's about time they got there they got there so we'll see how it goes so um moving on to the honda west um the honda west uh we the abs ended up first followed by the vegas golden knights minnesota ended up in third and st louis blues were the by far the worst team to make the <laughs> in my opinion to make the playoffs and got that fourth spot we all had um the abs getting first and we were all right on that most of us had vegas getting that second spot alex you had the blues getting that second spot um and then every all of us had the blues getting the third trying spot.
3: to be different you
2: know <laughs> alex you had the, you had them getting second and then all of us except tyler were wrong on that fourth spot tyler you hit minnesota baby you hit minnesota even though they did better than you expected um james i know that it's just- <laughs> You had the ducks getting <laughs> didn't happen. Um, I had, even funnier, I had San Jose, and they just they were worse. So it see they were seeing, worse than
1: the ducks. No, I think the ducks it was last. close. It was fucking
2: close. It was a battle for the last spot. And then the king, uh Alex and Eric, you both you both um, you know, put the kings in there, and they actually made a good push to um, you know, in that se- second, you know, two-thirds part of the season. Um, uh, they just kind of fell short toward down the run, but um. We're going to get into it. So Colorado, first seed Colorado, is taking on the fourth seed St. Louis Blues. James, why are the Avs going to beat the St. Louis
1: Blues? I think plain and simple, they're one of the best teams in the league. They're a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, like, going to the season all the way through, they haven't really slipped up one time. Uh, I think we all agree that whoever took that fourth seed in the Honda West would be trash and not go anywhere anyway. So there you go. The first seed playing the fourth seed. fourth seed's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't matter who it was. It could have been any of those teams you just mentioned. They weren't going to make it past the first round. There's no way. Uh, top of that, Grubar is having a hell of a year. That uh, 922 save percentage. He had seven shutouts over 40-plus games. And then also, they have scoring all the way around. They have scoring on the, from their forwards and also their defense. Kale McCarr has 44 points in 44 games. Sam Gerard has 32 points and Devin Tez has 31. I mean, scoring is everywhere. Their cold tending is good. Very complete team.
2: Yeah, they are absolutely disgusting. Um, Eric, how are the Blues gonna pull this off? <laughs>
0: well, first off, that Bruins game already just ended, um, but they just showed you know because so, we missed the first ten game ten minutes of this Blues abs game. Landeskog dropped the gloves in like the first two minutes. Oh, wow. so like good captain. Your captain's dropping the gloves right away to just hype the team up. That's not a good sign for the blues, but, um, fuck the blues. They're another team though, that, uh, has the squad, the coach and the goalie who have all gotten it done only a few years ago. Um, like James described earlier with the predators, like these guys know what it's like to ramp up the intensity at the right time. Um, it seems almost like they got nothing to lose. Like they barely like got this spot. Um, now they're like, oh shit, we're in the playoffs. We're against another thing that Alex mentioned—the biggest curse of hockey, the President's Trophy. Um, the Avs were the best team in the season. You always see that end up turning into the worst thing that could happen
1: for you once the playoffs come around. Um, why? 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 What? What makes it the worst thing? Like what happens to the team? It's that, a curse. That's it's like what a curse to like it's just they like they make it the first round like what's, what's going on yeah here? they yeah. usually
0: get first rounded or they just don't pull it's it off exactly. and it's yeah it's like the um it's kind of the opposite that's why the nhl is just so much better than the nba <laughs> um, you'll, you'll never see the first rounded uh first seed team in the nba you're not going to see the nets lose first round to whoever you know the hornets you're not going to see maybe hopefully you'll see the jazz lose first round to to somebody but um, it's more common in hockey and it just seems to happen all the time with the president's trophy winner. It doesn't happen all the time, but this year it might happen to the abs and that's why the blues may win this series. <laughs> just statistically, it's been bad. So,
2: um, yep. yeah, I think it's very hard for the St. Louis blues. I'm going to keep this very simple. J- J- whatever James said about all those points. Absolutely. Right. Kale McCarr is, is a, is a Norris trophy contender. He might even win it this season. Um, Nazem Kadri has is is been a big part of the depth up front um, their power play is amazing they have the, be- the league's best corsi um, Lee's best expected goals so their advanced stats are there and the blues barely made the playoffs so um, yeah this one this if, if we're talking about a huge disbursement in in, in skill level that this is so far like it, I have I have color out in four I don't know how, how I don't even know if blues are gonna even get a, a game. Um, which is a bold statement because get a that,
1: goal. You should say that and that's even bolder.
2: Oh, they'll get it. I mean, they'll get it. I'm not going to say that, but they're going to get, they're going to get, and they're not going to win a game. So um, there's no way. All right. Moving on to the, the very, very intriguing series um, between the second seed Vegas golden Knights and the third seed Minnesota wild Alex, why is Vegas going
3: to win this series? Okay. So first off, I looked it up out of the 34 times the president's trophy has been handed out eight, times have they won the cup eight out of 34, not a good percentage. And it hasn't happened since 2013. Mm. And, and two years ago, we saw
2: the, the president's trophy, Tampa Bay lightning, who had a league, like a, a historic
3: all time. Yeah. Got swept by the HC. So
2: yeah.
3: So that's, that's what that is for the Vegas golden Knights. I just, I just said it with Tampa. They're probably the deepest team in hockey and they <laughs> definitely have the best two a uh, goal tending tandem. That's what I wanted to say. The Flower and Robin Leonard are an amazing tandem. Um, you know, Mark Andre really kept them in that game last night uh, until he literally just couldn't hold it any longer. Like he was, it was like he was trying to hold a shit in, and eventually <laughs> that, that sphincter opened. You know,
4: <laughs> um,
3: but why? <laughs> And the goal, the goaltending is my main reason why, even though they did drop game one, I think Vegas will move on. Um, Those two, those two guys can carry, can carry this Vegas Golden Knights team all the way to the cup final. Um, They have the only worry I have, and we saw this happen last year in the playoffs. Their scoring just stopped. They just stopped scoring, even though I believe they had the best uh, goal differential this year. Um, And then they got shut out game one of the playoffs again. So I'm not sure what's happening with Vegas, but they're not the President's Trophy winner. So that should be good news for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, Carlson, Marcia So, Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Alex Tuck, like these guys, they can score. They have good d- defense. They're incredibly deep. They should be able to take care of the Minnesota Wild, but this feels like a trap series to me a little bit. Love it. Um,
2: wh- Tyler, why are the very surprising <laughs> and fun Minnesota Wild team going to upset the Vegas Golden Knights?
4: The thrill, the thrill. This kid has absolutely come out of nowhere and just rejuvenized this wild franchise. I mean, a lot of people, the funny nickname they used to have for the Minnesota Wild were was the Minnesota Mild because they were boring. They really didn't play exciting hockey, kind of like, you know, Islander style, just defense. But they never had this exciting player that can be a playmaker and make a difference. Kirill Kabrizov is that player for the Minnesota Wild. Um, He just gives this team so much life and so much excitement. That's why his name is Kirill, the Thrill. Also, the 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 Minnesota Wild five two and one against the Knights this season. They they won game one for whatever reason. It seems like the Wild know how to beat the Vegas Golden Knights, which a lot of other teams in NHL don't know how to do. Um, So, as Alex mentioned, this is probably a trap series for, for for the Golden Knights. I think there's going to be a few upsets here in the first round. And I think this is a, a really a good one to watch. I think the wild have a, as, as, as good a chance of anyone as, as, as anyone to take down the golden Knights. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the thorn in the,
2: in the Vegas golden or Vegas golden Knights ass, it's definitely been Minnesota. Um, they have absolutely had them, you know, they, they beat them in the series and they're the only team that Vegas struggled with. And which is very interesting. Um, I do have Vegas going on. I actually have Vegas winning the Stanley cup. That's my, that's my pick for the, for the, um, for the ultimate winner. However, I think that this one's going to be one of the tougher series. I think their first two series are, are in pro- Like they're insane. Like if they can get through them unscathed, I think they have a good, sh- a good shot. Otherwise it's, I mean, if, if they go the distance, the, the their team's going to be beat up. Um, Alex, to your point, they need to know how to, they need to find out their scoring in the season. They have to, or else there's just no way cause Cam Talbot's been playing pretty damn well. And, and he's, and you know, if, if, if Cam Talbot plays even, you know, a fraction of, of, of the, of how well he's done this season um, you know, Vegas is going to be, Vegas is going to struggle. Um, so uh, and Caprizov to your point, Tyler, has just been absolutely fantastic. I do have Vegas winning, um, but it's going to be a hard fought battle for that, for that, uh, for that spot. Um, so I see, I see Vegas and Colorado playing each other next series. I think most of us do except Tyler. <laughs> Which is fair, (laughs) Um, but I think either way you're going to get a damn good um, Western conference champion um, either any, any way you slice it. Now moving on to the Scotia North, the Canadian division, my division, Um, Toronto took the first spot with Edmonton taking the second spot. Um, Winnipeg took the third spot and Montreal barely hung on for that fourth spot. Uh, Everyone, had either the halves or the Leafs getting the first two spots, except Eric had Canucks getting the second spot. Which, <laughs> <laughs> we were way wrong. <laughs> Most of us, except Tyler, had the Canucks making the playoffs at least third spot, and they just absolutely shat the bed. Um, Tyler, you had the Flames making the playoffs, which was Aww. very close, uh, which was close. Um, none of us had Winnipeg, uh, except Eric had Winnipeg sneaking in, um, and they, did, they, they were a surprise team. Um, I did not have the Oilers making the playoffs, but James and Tyler did. Um, and the, the Oilers were right there with Toronto towards the end. Um, it was very, it was quite fun to watch for on my, obviously on my end, um, looking, <laughs> looking at that first series, uh, we have the Toronto Maple, first seed Toronto Maple Leafs, um, taking on the fourth seed Montreal, uh, Canadians, Alex, why are the Leafs going to beat the Canadians this series?
3: Yeah, unfortunately for the Canadians, they've just fallen off a cliff, um, and, you know, I think going into the season, our biggest worry with Toronto was goaltending. We really weren't sure what we we're going to get out of Freddie Anderson. And then soup can Sam himself, Jack Campbell showed up and just fucking killed it. I think he went like 10 and two or some stupid thing. Um, he has helped this Toronto team turn its season or turn its goaltending season around because Freddie Anderson was really with a weak, weak spot. Um Tavares, Matthews, Marner—that's a dirty three right there. I just think the scoring ability of the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to be too much. Carry price is not the carry price of old. The—I mean, you just said it—the Canadians barely even held on with the Canucks who had COVID, the Flames who just shat the bed, and the Senators of all teams. Like the Habs should have been easily in this, um, and I just think Toronto has too much scoring. Their defense is also almost underrated, I think. Jake Muzzin can get after it. Morgan Riley can get after it. Um, I just think Toronto's gonna have too much scoring. Um, and honestly, I really just want to see a Toronto Edmonton <laughs> series because either way, it will be fun to watch the trade and either be very excited or cry. <laughs>
2: <And> I can't <laughs> decide enough. which one I want more. <laughs> Fair enough, James. You you really love this Habs team. Um, they they were a roller coaster team, and I've said that like five times on my Power Ring because I feel like. Um, Why are the Habs going to upset the Leafs?
1: I think that we're all a victim of recency bias. Um, So the Habs started off strong and then did really bad and then did well again, and then were hit with a plethora of injuries, injuries that consisted of Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher. Like, Carey Price is their veteran leader on ice and off ice. If he's not on ice, that spells trouble. Then you're like, oh, yeah, but Jake Allen was doing well. He was doing well in a backup role. Given the number one netminder role. He did not do well. The dude did awful. He did terrible. And on top of that, like I had mentioned, Brendan Gallagher went down too. He is, I think, the biggest glue guy that the Canadians have yeah. to offer. He's, not only does he hold the team together, but he also produces. I mean, as a whole, and I've watched a lot of Canadians games, they are a completely different team when he is on the ice. And it's, I, you can't even explain it. I don't even know hockey that well, but I can tell that. So getting Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher back, that's going to help that team be right back to that middle portion when they're hot again. I mean, this last couple of weeks, Perry Price and Brendan Gallagher haven't played for like three weeks or a month. It's it's been a long time since they've been on ice, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a different looking team come playoffs when they're back on there. And on top of that, Cole Caulfield, that guy's he's that spark plug. He's a prospect. He's young, but he's fast. He's that spark plug that will get this team going. So it's a perfect mix of veterans and young guys to help this team propel forward.
2: Yeah. Um, Montreal to me is just too, like, they're just too inconsistent. And I think they just lost their scoring touch down the stretch. Um, although they have a lot of great talent. And, and, and the thing is uh, Mark Bergevin and the GM there spent so much money to be to be in a position where this is probably their, this is probably Montreal's easiest way to the Stanley cup final. Cause they don't have to play Boston. They don't have to play Pittsburgh. They don't have to, or, I'm sorry, uh, Tampa Bay. They don't have to deal with those teams, but they do. But I, I just think that they kind of lost it. Um, I, I don't, I personally, as I've said this, I don't trust Kerry price. Um, but I've been wrong in the past about him. Um, I just, the, the Leafs, made great moves in the in the offseason in the in the uh in the trade deadline they got they got tougher they got stronger they got they got good leadership they got lots of veterans um i still question their ability to to you know handle adversity and there's historically a terrible team in the playoffs especially the first round so i would not be shocked if montreal won this division or won this uh series uh, but I do believe that Toronto will will come out. I think I think that their demons will be slayed at least in the first series. First um, uh, first series. And personally, to Alex's point, I really want another chance at Toronto because we, we had a series there in the middle of the season that we got completely you know smashed and it completely turned our season around for the good for the better after. So um, we'll see how that goes. Well, I do have Toronto winning the series though. Finally, my second seed Edmonton Oilers against the third seed Winnipeg Jets. Tyler, why
4: are the Oilers going to make it out of this series? Yeah, so your Oilers, um, I, I, I like this team a lot, the, the, way that, the way that they've been playing, especially lately. Um, I think they're finally kind of showing their full potential. Of course, we said that before, and I, I know you know all too well, you know, once playoffs comes around, it's just for some reasons, things don't seem to go as planned. But I think this one's going to be a little different. Mike Smith is having a stellar season. I think that's one player that a lot of people, people aren't talking about on the Oilers. Obviously Mick David and Dreisaitl are the, are the two headed monster, except for James. Yeah, you have, you have mentioned Mike Smith before. So sorry. Um, but everyone else as a whole, the, the the hockey world as a whole, you know, Mike Smith is going to be, this is going to be the most important player. I think he's the X factor for this Oilers team. If he can play the way he's been playing, I don't see why the Oilers can't come out of the North division as, as, as champions going into the final four. Um, I like this Oilers team a lot. Um, as good as Hellebuck is, um, I, I, I think that the Jets' defense isn't that great, and I think the Oilers' offense will just overwhelm them. I think they're going to overwhelm um, uh, Hellebuck and the, and the Jets. I think they're going to win this series. Um, like I said, I just I, I, I like the way the Oilers are playing. I like the, the team that, that, that they look. And I said, like as you mentioned, this this division is not that strong, so I think that they'll that they'll advance. I think, two rounds, at least, if not more.
2: I like that. Eric, why is Winnipeg going to beat my Oilers?
0: Um, because how can we trust the Oilers? How can we not expect them to do what they've been doing the past few seasons of the McJesus and dry, subtle era, um, which is lose and not go far? But y- you got to also look at Winnipeg's goaltending Hellebuck will stand on his head 2.5 a GAA with a 0.916 a percentage. Like if any, if anything is going to help you somehow some way against McJesus and dry it's going to be Hellebuck. Um, I think also they have a better defensive category over the Oilers. They've only, they got 2.54 goals against per game. Um, and their power play actually isn't, Too bad they're only nine less power play goals compared to the Oilers, so it's not like they're like way out of this. Um, It's going to be a battle. I actually do really want to see Oilers Leafs though, and like be with you in person to watch those games. Like, so I am hoping for that, but I think it's going to be more of a dogfight of a series than we think. Yeah,
2: um, a, a an Edmonton Toronto series is something that I think everyone's salivating over it. I'm salivating over it because I would I you only ever would see this in a Stanley Cup final in a normal year um, look the Jets really struggled against the Oilers the Jets did very well against, uh, and Connor Hellebuck in particular did very well against every other team except the Oilers the Oilers absolutely shredded him with a 3.96 goals against average in those in those um, 10 games they just got absolutely shredded McDavid had, I don't know if you guys, re, I mean, I, I, I know you followed him and I fo- obviously followed him all season. He had the greatest individual season we've seen in in a long time. I mean, he, he did something that I don't think. Look, if he didn't score a goal, he'd still get second in points this season. <laughs> just put it that way. That's absolutely incredible. Um, he, he is the undoubted, he, he will get the unanimous you know, MVP if he doesn't. Again, I think that's insane. And I'm not trying to say this as a, as a huge Oilers fan, it's just the truth. I think this is going to be a hard fought battle, though. I don't think Edmonton is is out of the woods with Winnipeg, because um, even though Winnipeg struggled with them this season during the regular season, things can change in the postseason. Things are different. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'll I be honest, I'm scared, um, but I'm excited to finally see some, some Oilers playoff um, games. We didn't really get to see it last year because of the stupid bubble we lost in that miserably. <laughs> Um, but guys, that is what I have for the, for the setup for the first round. Um, I know it's, I know it was a long time, but th- there's a lot to go over, um, but it's going to be fun. Buckle up. And
3: should we all give our, uh,
2: cup picks? Yeah. I want to, I want everyone to give their cup picks. So I have Vegas getting, winning the cup this year. Uh, James. Abs.
3: Abs. Okay. Alex. I have the hurricanes beating the abs.
2: Okay. Tyler. I got Vegas beating the hurricanes. Love it. That's who I have um, in the finals there. Uh, Eric.
0: Yeah. I have Vegas beating the hurricanes also. Awesome. (laughs) In seven games, any three of
2: those teams, I think even you could throw in Tampa. I think, I mean, it's pretty much, you could, you know, you could pick any, any of those four teams. You'd be uh, you'd be right there. So that is the
0: first round of the Stanley cup playoffs yes a nice meaty segment a good 45 minutes there spent but it was much needed (laughs) now it was much needed because you know it's already started up and it's good we're keeping the fans in the loop with everything um we're going to take a quick break and and right when we come back we will keep the fans in the loop with the nba playoffs with alex's segment hello everybody and welcome back um we just catch you in the loop with the nhl playoffs uh alex is going to keep us in the loop with the nba playoffs because they begin tomorrow
3: yeah they do begin tomorrow um i have to give a shout out to james for hosting my nba segment last week uh since i could not make it because i was playing golf um <laughs> and then <laughs> no i was not playing golf um And then also fantasy wise, your daddy, your daddy won. Daddy Alex (laughs) took it home. (laughs) James, you put up a fight. I would have been really upset if somehow you'd beat me because you got LeBron James in the second to last week of the season. You know, okay, hold on, hold on. I got some shit to say about that. Uh
1: Uh-oh. Okay. Garrett French is never invited to see again because that motherfucker dropped all of his best dudes. And (laughs) you, you took some bonus and then Tyler picked somebody else. And I was like. There is no way. you Sabonis put up an easy 50 to 70 points per game. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's so stupid, man. I picked up nobody. And then later on, trade and drop Drew Holiday. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try and get this guy. But then Jose's bitch ass took him. And I'm like, Jose, you know what, you're what are you doing, man? He's not even like, playing. You're, you're going for $20? bucks, i am going for 140 And you're going to take him? Come on, bro. But I, I lost is what it is.
3: Yeah. Okay. I... Okay, 100%, I agree with you. Like, when we were talking dude. about this, I after he dropped everybody, I was like, dude, that's kind of bullshit. At then, I was like, well, fuck, someone else is probably going to do it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> that was my line of thinking as well. Not the greatest, like, most legitimate line of thinking, I will say. But I did have the best team all year. I I might have lost but I'm, I'm not too upset about it because I did win.
0: <laughs>
3: but I do agree with you. It kind of makes it feel like he didn't make the playoffs and then he had a, a little little sad pouty face and then just dropped all his players because he got upset. Uh, so, Garrett, I don't know who you are, but that was my pretty weak move. Um, okay, let's move on to the play-in tournament. So a little bit less than trade-ins because we only have to cover eight teams total. Uh, And there's four of the other guys, so they each get two. We figured that math out pretty easy. (laughs) Math. Uh, Math. Okay, so we're going to start in the East because those games start tomorrow. So the 9-10 seed matchup, which in a realistic NBA season, um, these teams would have not made the playoffs. These are the last two out, as you would say. But uh, we got the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers uh let's start with the 10 seed hornets eric what can the what can the hornets do out of this 10 seed and how and you know get, just why will they win can they get out of the playing tournament that's gonna be the question for all of you well, guys so
0: first off they have the best announcers in the league um and i'd say this probably like every podcast before we start recording but you get everyone needs to go check out like SportsCenter or Bleacher Reports Instagram and just like look just look for like a, a Hornets clip and you'll find like a bunch of them. They just hype up every play. It's great. But on another note, um Lamello, he it's his first year. Everyone said that you know they don't think he's gonna be he's gonna be like Lonzo, another bust. Um, he's way better than Lonzo, as I said like in the second episode. Um, and now he gets playoff experience. He's going to be playing with guys like Terry Rozier, who's, you know, won some playoff series before with the Celtics. Um, they got a young Hornet squad. They got nothing to lose all season. They've been playing nail biter games. They're taking out, they're winning, you know, close games, beating good teams. Um, I think they're just going to treat it like another game one game at a time, literally, and they're going to find a way to take care of business. I think they win this game. We'll see who they p- would play next after that, but they got to just go one game at a time.
3: Yeah, so I probably should have said this beforehand, but the nine and ten seed games, whoever loses is out. Whoever wins plays the loser of the seven eight. Um, it's we've already talked about it on the podcast. We have our own personal feelings about it, but it's here, so we're gonna we're gonna go for it. Um, okay, and then so the Hornets are taking on. Sabonis, so my boy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and the Indiana Pacers, who had probably one of the most disappointing seasons, uh, you know, looking at their roster before the season started. But they're the nine seed. It is what it is. James, the Pacers, same, same questions.
1: Eric said that the Hornets have nothing to lose. And that, that's not helping them. Because they're going to go out there and be like, oh, yeah, we made it super far, way farther than we thought. So, I mean, like, let's just play. And as you had mentioned, the Pacers are having a disappointing season. They have that much more to play for. They want to fix the mistakes they made during season. And they want they, they came into this season with long a long playoff aspirational run. Like, that's not happening right now. They're fighting for their life. They're trying to make it into the playoffs right now. They have a lot more to fight for, and that passion that intensity is going to drive them farther. On top of that, Malcolm Brogdon's back. He's been gone for a while. Um, Hayward for uh, the Hornets, he's out, and he's going to continue being out. And with that comes a lot of the Hornets playoffs hopes. Lamelo, as you had mentioned, is good, but he's not back to what he used to be pre-wrist injury. He's putting up subpar numbers ever since he's been back. Sabonis, on the other hand, Alex's boy has been on fire. The dude averaged a triple-double in the month of March. And the Hornets as a whole, they've lost the last five. They don't look good. They're in a slump right now. It's the wrong time to be slumping. Um, how far can the Pacers go? I think they beat the Hornets. If the Celtics move on to the second round of that play-in, they'll beat Boston. If the Wizards move, they'll lose to the Wizards. Overall, if they make it to the actual first round of the playoffs, they're going to lose the Sixers.
3: Yeah, the Pacers, um, Brogdon, Sabonis, Paris Lavert. those are three all-star caliber players. I think I, I as much as the Hornets are super fun to watch and I'd love to hear their announcers more, I just think Indiana has too much too much scoring, too much experience. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the Pacers will move on from this game and then face either the Boston Celtics or Tyler's Washington Wizards, Yee. who I know you guys talked about it last week, but, Tyler, they made it into the eight seed. They would have been an actual – real life playoff team this year after we continually shat on them <laughs> so the washington wizards are the eighth seed the boston celtics are the seventh seed so same question tyler you're again apparently you're washington wizards at this point uh yep. can they beat boston or can if they lose can they get out of this playing tournament
4: uh what do you got abracadabra motherfuckers uh, wizards <laughs> wizards doing their thing i told you uh called it it feels good um but yeah so wizards finished the season 17 and six one of the hottest teams in the nba they're coming in on an absolute so tear
0: now. so um <laughs> the,
4: the the wizards um are pretty sh- i think they are the worst defensive team in the nba um however they are very good at keeping really good pace um so they have actually have the number one pace in the nba in terms of shots per game and you know shooting percentage-wise not that good either just they just put up a fuck ton of shots and they end up you know winning um so i think against this boston team i think that they can win um against the uh, boston celtics and i think that they will Um, Bradley Beal, you know, we, we talked about him. You guys talked about if if, if he can carry this team, I think he will, uh, in the three games he's played against Boston this season, he scored 41, 35 and 46 points. Um, so obviously Brad, Bradley Beal is the key to the success of this Washington Wizards team. Um, I kind of like the matchup. I don't think the Celtics are playing very motivated, very great basketball right now. Um, I think the Wizards are playing very well. Um, I think that they're just going to run them down. Um, And I think Bradley Beal is going to put up at least 40 points and the Wizards will take that uh, uh, seven spot. Um, After that, I think they have no chance of advancing. Uh, That's just the the top of the Eastern Conference is just so good. Um, There's no way the the Wizards can uh, outpace uh, one of those top teams for a seven-game series. But I like them in this uh, playing round against the uh, Boston Celtics.
1: Do you still think that Bradley Beal is going to put 40-plus points a night playing 80% with a messed-up hammy? It's it's it's
4: it's his last. It's potentially one of the last games of the season. He's 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 going to go all in. Um, you know, he may it not goes, put up forty, but if he puts up you know mid low thirties, you know, and you know Mister Triple Double does his thing, I still think they, they have a pretty good shot. Does he get a triple double in this game? Does Beal get a triple double in this game? No, Westbrook. Does he? Yes, I think he does. Okay. You can't. You 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 can't.
1: That's play. a given at this point. He yeah. does that. He yeah. the averages
0: free throw. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That he misses. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck.
3: Yeah, that's probably part of the reason why the Wizards shoot so much is because Russell Westbrook can't. So he yeah. has to do it a lot to get his point. True. Um, okay, the seven seed probably none of their one of the most disappointing teams. Eric, you nailed it when we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Celtics are going to end up in the seven seed, and they're there. Um, they are going through some injuries for sure, but trade in the Celtics. What can they do? Same, same business.
2: Deploy Jason Tatum. That's really it. Um, <laughs> he played in 64 games. He, he turned over, he turned his fourth year in the league um, and you know, into a, quite a season. Um, he averaged 26.4, 7.4 and 4.3 in nearly 36 uh, minutes per game. He had some silly, crazy splits. He was, he was shooting the ball very well. He he played. He had a very strong, solid season, and he and he's going to bode well um, as as the home team, as the hosting team, because he played. He shot um, better from um, you know better in the garden. So I, I think that he's really going to have to step up if they're going to have a chance. Because if if not, then they're 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 not going to make it. Um, all that said, the Celtics are going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> celtics are gonna lose they're, get, they're they'll be lucky to 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 win that second uh play-in series bradley Beal is not bradley Beal is amazing he's not 100 that doesn't matter he's still gonna eat him up um the celtics are fucked
0: yes. that's all i have okay. big Celtics. they're they a team game.
2: that's playing uninspired basketball they they're playing a team they're they are a team that's declining while the while the, playing a team that is ascending that is not where you want to be. I have no faith in the Celtics. Zero. They're, they're, they're done.
3: I agree with you, Trayden. Um, You want to be coming into the postseason playing well. They're not playing well. Their second best player, Jalen Brown, got hurt in the last, last week. He's out. Um, Jason Tatum has been amazing, but he did have a pretty gnarly bout of COVID um, and has to take a pump from an inhaler before every game now. Um, I actually think somehow the Washington wizards are going to win this game and they will be the seven seed the I, Washington I like wizards saying. are going to be the seven. Seed. They're, they're playing
2: so much better basketball. I mean, just Celtics are done. I, and guess what? I was supposed to really back them up. Like that was my job. Like, how could I do that? How could I do that?
3: It, it now feels like we've talked so much shit about the Celtics that they'll win because it's us. <laughs> like, yeah, D- D- group, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I well, technically agree with both of you guys since Tyler picked the Wizards to win this game and Trade just shat on the Celtics. So I think the Wizards move on. And I actually think the Pacers will be that eight seed. Um, personally, I don't think either one of those teams realistically has a shot. Like Tyler mentioned, the top three seeds in the East are just nasty so um good luck to whoever comes out of that in the east it's going to be a very tough road to handle um, so those games uh, are tomorrow um the celtics game and the wizards are at, is at nine o'clock eastern and then the pacers hornets is at six thirty eastern probably turn that one on at work um moving over to the west so the west plays on friday um same thing we'll start at the bottom the san antonio spurs are the 10 seed and they are playing john morantz and the Memphis Grizzlies, the nine seed, uh, I would say, you know, difference and experience for sure uh, between this Spurs franchise and the Memphis Grizzlies franchise, just a little bit. Um, but we'll start with the Spurs. We're going to go right back to trading. He's going back to back. Uh, what is, what can this what can the Spurs do as the ten seed?
2: Yeah. Look, this matchup's interesting because it's old school, right? Like both teams suck from three. So this is like old school basketball. They, 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 they drive the, they drive the hoop. They take the shots from inside. They, they, that's, that's their, that's like old, old fashioned uh, basketball. And uh, I I think that what they're going to have to do is just continue. they're, They're playing with house money at this point. I think, I think that they're kind of, they're, they're an inexperienced team. Uh, and they just got to lean on the fact that, Hey, like we're here and we are just going to have to fight They, I don't think they have a chance of beating either the Lakers or the, or the Warriors, whoever loses that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that they're, and they're going to have to lean on Greg Popovich. You guys talk about him all the time. You guys pump his tires like crazy. Like he's the greatest coach. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know basketball, but it sounds like you guys are damn right. And that's, that means a lot. I mean, I, he's, that's a, it, a, an experienced coach can, can, can go a long way, especially in the game of basketball. I've seen it. Uh, I would argue that that was a large reason why, um, besides Kawhi, I think that Nick Nurse made a good, made, was a big part of the Raptors win and drafters' run. Um, he, he's a good coach, and I think he did some, did some great things with them. And, and I think that you see the same type of thing here, even though I, Popovich is clearly the better coach. So um, they have that going for him. Um, you could say that Memphis inexperience is a, is a, is going to help San Antonio. I think they're both inexperienced. So that's a tough, that's a tough matchup there. I I think at the end of the day, they're going to be, they're going to fight for it. And, um, it's going to be old. It's going to be, like I said, old school basketball. And I think they may be able to squeak out a win, but then they'll turn around and lose to hopefully the
3: Lakers. Thanks for that little jab right at the end there. That was great. (laughs) Um, on the flip side, Eric. The Memphis Grizzlies,
0: can they, where, what are they doing? How they, how they do? Um, you know, they actually remind me of a little bit better version of the Hornets um, on the West side uh, that, you know, they got a young, talented superstar, John Morant. He only continues to get better and look more confident. Um, once again, um, a team that has nothing to lose, but everything to gain, it could be a, a trap game. Versus the Spurs. Um, other guys like Grayson Allen um, have been good glue guys. They got some good glue guys on that team coming yeah. into their own. Um, and similar to the Hornets as well. They've been battling most games out this season and beating good teams. Uh, they beat the Lakers, I believe, a couple, once or twice. They beat the Clippers a couple times this year. They've beaten – pretty strong teams. Um, so it's not going to be anything out of the ordinary for them to have a tough game. And, um, you know, one game at a time, I don't really think they're going to win, but it, I wouldn't just say like they're going to get molly You know, I think it will be a close one.
3: Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those games that if you're not an avid NBA fan, you'd be like, why would I ever watch this? But it could be one of those games where there's two mediocre teams and it is really entertaining. Like it could come down to a final shot. Um, and if it does, I think you've got to trust Popovich and the Spurs in that with just his expansive coaching knowledge. Um, so I I have a really tough time. I kind of want to pick the Grizzlies as almost an upset, even though they're the higher seed. But I think I'm going to go with the Spurs. Uh, I think DeMar DeRozan is having almost a, an unheralded quiet season that people just aren't really talking about the Spurs do have some scoring depth um if and I trust I, you you're right Traden. I'll drive all the way down to San Antonio and I will pump Popovich's tires with a hand <laughs> pump if you want uh he's, he's probably the greatest coach or top three greatest coaches in NBA history um I just think the Spurs they're they're just a better team I mean I have them in my top 10 in my power rankings at one point this year and the Grizzlies I don't think ever topped like number 14 so I'm going to go with the Spurs. It kind of almost doesn't matter what happens in this game because it sort of feels inevitable whoever wins is going to lose to whoever loses this next matchup. I think everyone, this is easily the best matchup of this playing tournament. I think it's – no one really saw this coming at the beginning of the season for sure, Um, but we have Warriors and we have Lakers. You guys talked about it last week on the podcast. The Warriors are the eight-seed James – the Warriors, can they beat the Lakers and become that seven, that seven seed?
1: No, they can't. Um, But see, the thing is you had asked the question about how far can they go. So I'm going to continue running with this year. Yeah. Go for it. So here's what, here's what they're going to lose to the Lakers, but they're going to beat the Spurs because the Spurs are going to beat the Grizzlies. And then they're going to take that eight seed and play the jazz. They will beat the jazz and play the Clippers in round two. That's my prediction. And here's the reasons why. Steph, when he's on, he's on. That dude can will his team to victory. It don't even matter. If if that dude's hitting, he's going to shoot from half court and you can't even guard it. He's going to make every single one of them. And as of right now, the Warriors are on fire. Like Since April 6th, they've only lost six games and only lost two in a row one time. And in that time frame, they beat the top teams in the league. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Suns. They beat the Nuggets, the 76ers, and the Bucks. They beat all the best teams in that time frame. And so... I think all that momentum and that team chemistry will carry over. They will lose to the Lakers. The Lakers are motivated to win the first game to play the least amount of games possible. LeBron's come out and said it. AD's come out and said it. They're going to do everything in their power to just play that one game and make it to the playoffs and move on. The Warriors, they're okay with losing that first game. And they're going to – that second game, as you said, like it's kind of – they're going to lose. The Spurs are, Grizzlies are going to lose no matter what happens there. It's really the eighth seed – that will go on to play the jazz and it'll be the warriors
3: okay i i like what you're saying tyler the actual team you actually support not the washington wizards <laughs> yes you're wearing a kobe jersey the lakers what just go just go for it
4: yeah so obviously kobe jersey inducted the hall of fame this weekend uh awesome moment uh his wife did a beautiful speech uh, there for Kobe, so I just want to give her a shout out. Uh, Kobe, we 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 all miss you. Um, but so moving on to this game, um, as as James mentioned, if Alex Curry is on his game, it's going to be very difficult to beat
0: the Warriors. Steph Curry. So uh, Alex Curry is the Angels' announced like female. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. But that was a heck heck of the ball.
1: <laughs> Now I know who
0: you've <laughs> been thinking about. Yeah, clearly,
1: I'm telling Jess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steph Curry
4: um okay so anyway uh the curry curry and the Warriors' offense has struggled against the lakers this season the, the, the lakers strength is their defense uh best rated defense in 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 the nba um this season uh curry has had a six percent decrease from the field and eight percent decrease from three against the lakers um so the lakers know how to defend curry pretty well now if they can do that i don't think that the, the warriors have any chance of the you know, lakers um but again you know I would say my concern with, with this Lakers team is, is obviously their injuries, LeBron, AD, not 100%. Um, and just their overall kind of attitude about everything just seems not where it needs to be. They just seem kind of not very, um, they, they, they kind of seem to be moping, oh, we're just having to play this stupid playing game. Like I'm, I'm not 100%. Like they kind of just seem not motivated at all to win, which to me is a concern. Um, but maybe that's just media playing things up. You know, maybe the media is trying to tell us that, you know, they're not doing that well. I don't know. It's hard to really say because you're not in the locker room. You don't get a sense of really what it's like unless you're in that locker room. Um, We can only tell what the media is telling us, you know, or or, or what the players are telling us. The Lakers did finish out on a pretty good, uh, I think it was a four or five game win streak there at the end. Um, So that was a little bit uh, hopeful. Um, I do think that they will win this game Um, if they are playing you know, and they're, and they're playing up to their potential. I think this Lakers team can go very, very far. I think they can make the finals, Um, but that's a big if. And honestly, I'm not very, I'm not super confident more on the mental side of of them more than the the actual abilities to, to do it. Um, You know, we, we had this Lakers team preseason ranked number one, they were number one for like three or four weeks. And, you know, they're still more, more or less the uh, same team, you know, they're just, you know, they've obviously had a lot of, you know, bad, bad, uh, injuries um so they're back together you know hopefully they, they can figure it out and uh you know go on a good deep playoff run i just don't know if their bodies can withstand it or mentally they can withstand it i'm so i'm a, I'm a little concerned about that
3: yeah congratulations phoenix suns you get the two seed and then you get lebron and the lakers <laughs> <laughs> damn chris paul really can't catch a break um yeah the the lakers are healthy Ish, ish maybe ish? ish um if they are healthy they are probably the, still the favorite to come out of the west um especially with some of the injuries that some of those other top teams are going through uh i agree with you i do think that the lakers will win this game uh but steph curry is sort of like peak kobe peak mj you can't really stop him you can only try to contain him and steph curry is a totally different monster compared to those guys um, but I do, I do, again, I do think the Lakers will come out of it. I think a huge part for the Lakers is also Dennis Schroder is back. He was out for 10 to 14 days with his, uh, you know, I don't even know if he had COVID or he was just on the COVID protocol list. Um, and the Lakers depth is still impressive. It's much better than the Warriors depth. Um, I mean, a, a front court of Andre Drummond and AD is just insane. Um, Again, I think the Lakers can go very far. I think they can win it all, um, but they're going to have to play peak performance. I, I agree with you, Tyler. I'm not as confident in them as I was going into the bubble where I really didn't think a team other than the Clippers had a shot. And, I mean, the Lakers almost breezed to the NBA championship last year. Um, you know, the most games they lost was two in a series. So it will be a fun playing tournament. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys who your picks are yet. For overall NBA champion we'll do that next week when we have our normal eight seeds um, but go watch these games it's a whole new experience for all of us so it'll be fun um, but you know the NBA playoffs are starting but that's that's, uh, that's all I got
0: oh yeah like like we said earlier it is the most wonderful time of the year um, not and that's that's not Christmas time, everybody. That's the time when the <laughs> NBA and NHL playoffs begin every spring. Um, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk Tyler's O-Damn oh, MLB baseball moments of the past week. Oh damn <laughs> It is that time again for Tyler to talk about baseball um, for his segment. And we're gonna hear about the oh damn moments of the week, right, Tyler? Eric, don't sound so excited. Okay, calm down, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through (laughs) it. Uh, Just baseball.
4: Um, So yeah, so first oh damn moment. Uh, We talked about Albert Bahoules being cut by the Angels last week. Uh, He he found a new home uh, right up the five freeway with the Los Angeles Dodgers. uh, he made his debut tonight. He actually had his first RBI single already ready with the with, with, with the Dodgers. So he's wearing number 55. Um, so uh, big, big move on Dodgers. I think it surprised a lot of people. I don't think the Dodgers were a team that a lot of people thought. Uh, James, we were talking about this last week. We did not mention the Dodgers a single time. Um, so a, a little bit of a surprise. Um, for me, it kind of makes sense for the Dodgers. It's like, cool, another, another great bat. Uh, for Albert Pujols, I thought it was a little bit of an interesting move for him. Um, but, James, what do you think of, of that, and why do you think uh, Pujols de- decided to join the uh, Dodgers?
1: I think the reason why he decided to sign there is super simple and super easy, and that's he wants to win a ring. Like, I mean, the Dodgers give him the best chance to do that. That being said, I don't know why he decided to sign there if his main complaint was playing time. He got released from the Angels after an argument because he wasn't getting enough time, because they didn't want to play. He, they didn't. They didn't want him at first, every third day. But he goes to the Dodgers, who have some depth at first with Max Muncie and Cody Bellinger when he comes back. And there's no DH spot in the NL. So when is he really going to play? When um, Corey Seager comes back? Who's is Corey Seager out right now? He's the one the Bruceland. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When Corey Seager comes back. And Max Munson moves back to first. Is Ubert Pools really going to play other than a pinch hitter roll against lefties late in the game? I I don't I don't think he's going to play all that much. So I don't know why he decided to sign there if he wanted to play. I mean, I get it. If you want to win, yeah, man. Go join the Dodgers and try your best to win or join the Padres. He had his choice right there. Um, Honestly, I'm confused. But on the flip side, it's going to help the Dodgers out tremendously more than just... Another bat. I think he brings some extremely good leadership skills, a great locker room presence, and can help batters as a whole. I think we've seen – I've seen it recently. I don't know if you guys have. But the Angels, since Albert Pujols left, the Angels were like one of the best offensive teams in the American League. Since then, not so much. Since Albert Pujols left, and this is a very interesting fact, Mike Trout has gone four for 33. Mike Trout started out a 400-plus batting average before Albert Pujols left. Albert Pujols left, and he's a little bit over 300 right now. Like his batting average has dropped tremendously since his mentor is gone, and I think that mentorship is going to translate pretty well for your Dodgers team. And I'm good job for you guys. But I mean, in conclusion, it's like nobody's going to give him a full time job anywhere in the MLB. So if you're going to set the bench, might as well set the bench on a winning team.
4: Yeah, I thought again. I thought it was I was more surprised for Pujols. And I was watching his uh, his interview today. Um, and, you know, the, the reporters kind of, kind of asked that same question. He's like, you know, we thought you guys, you want more playing time. So what was your reasoning for joining the Dodgers? And clearly they have a, you know, like, as, as you mentioned, you know, very, very good first baseman already and no DH. So you're playing first base sometimes and all the time, uh, pools, I guess, you know, kind of refuted those reports that he, uh, wanted to play more that he'd argument about more playing time with the angels. Again, he said, she said. Who knows what really happened there? Um, but either way, he's 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 with the Dodgers. Um, I think I think it might have been also kind of a family decision. I think you know his base being in LA. Um, I don't know if he wanted to uproot everything and move to a completely different city, um, moving you know 30 minutes north. I think it was a little bit easier. Um, but who knows? Um, I'm excited to have him. As as I mentioned, he already has an RBI hit with us. Um, I think he's going to be a, a great addition. Uh, we, we we could always use better power against lefties. Lefties is one of our Achilles' heel, so having a guy that can hit lefties well is is, is going to be good for us. So uh, we'll see how we'll, we'll we'll see how he does. Um, but but I'm pumped to have him um, on on the Dodgers. I think it'll be it'll be uh, very 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 cool. Uh, moving on to my uh, second O'Dam oh moment. Uh, the Minnesota Twins are in a tailspin right now. Uh, they are not doing very well. They're last in the AL Central, which, which is impressively awful because the Detroit, the Detroit Tigers are in that division. Um, they have the worst record in baseball. Um, we, Some of us, I believe, picked them to win the division. Most of us picked them to at least make the uh, postseason. Uh, we're standing here. We're, we're approaching the end of May. Um, Trading is it panic time in Minnesota, and are their postseason hopes gone already, or do you think they can turn this around?
2: Oh, yeah.
4: They're fucked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> They're, dude, there's nothing. They just they just let up 16 runs this game. And
1: 16? they needed,
2: needed that fucking game. Like, dude, 16, like right? they're so beyond fucked, it's not even funny. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, okay, okay, here we go. Let's look at some stats, shall we? The pitching has been so bad. Like, it's been so bad. They have a league, or I'm sorry, they have a team ERA of 4.63, which is like, eh, but let's look at some of these. Let's look at some of this. They have Matt Shoemaker, who is a starter. He has a 6.62. Why don't you make some shoes and get the fuck out of baseball because you suck. <laughs> um, you, got, fuck, you got Brandon Waddle. He has 11.25 in four games. Like, what the fuck are you doing? These the, the, the guys in the in the bullpen are absolutely atrocious. The starting pitchers aren't that much better either. Um, and oh, and by the way, they're they're 0 for seven in extra inning contests. So if you look at their run differential, they probably should have a better record, like closer to the Angels. But they can't win an extra innings, and then they're letting up sixteen runs in a game that they need to kind of like figure it out to turn it around. Yeah, as a, before today's game, they had like a two percent chance of making the postseason. I think it's a fucking negative seven at this point. They're <laughs> absolute trash. They don't like. They should be relegated. Get the fuck out.
4: Damn. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you, not that uh, passionately. But I do agree. I think it definitely is uh, panic time, Minnesota. I mean, listen, this American League, there are a lot of good teams that can potentially make it. This is a wide open field. And if you're not in it by now, it's going to be hard for you to kind of um, come back. Because, I mean, I, there's probably three teams in each division that are playoff hopeful. So if you're not one of those three teams, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. And as you mentioned, their pitching is atrociously bad. Oh, uh, they got they got like two or three good or like one or two good starters, and after that, they really don't have anything.
2: Oh, but wait, it gets better. After the, they play the White Sox two more times, which they'll probably get throttled. Um, they'll play the Angels twice. That's a couple wins, probably. I mean, let's be real. But after that, they got the Indians, who are playing decent baseball. They got the Royals and the and the Orioles back to back, who are just like like okay, that's kind of your chance, maybe. But then you go back and you just you, you you have a you play the Astros, you play the Yank. I mean, you're so screwed, beyond screwed. It's just so funny how beyond screwed they are.
4: Yeah, I think a big thing too is you know I don't a lot of us did not expect the Indians uh, to be as good as they are. Except for, I trade, except for you. You you're you got this thing about you know these teams that no one expects to be good and then are doing well. Oh, so. oh
2: okay. Hold on. Time out. Before I, I I don't wait. Are we talking about the Giants yet? Not yet, but I'll. Yeah. Okay, we're getting there. Shit, I, I I
4: want to talk about that and shove Maybe it up. next week. Passes. Maybe next week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but you, I believe you picked the Indians for a wild card spot. I can't remember, but I I, I know you picked them to, to finish pretty, pretty high in the division, um, and they're playing very well. They're playing a lot better. Um, so I, I for me, yeah, it's now or never. Uh, Twins fans, uh, if you're not going on a run yesterday, it's gonna be hard to uh make, make the postseason. <laughs> um so yeah definitely panic time in, in minnesota don't I'm not really sure what happened i think a lot of their pitchers that are doing poor um should not be pitching as bad as they are uh, Kent maeda for me is the biggest one uh he finished third in al sailing last year um looks awful um you know so what, you know what even makes this this segment better is the fact that you know you tell me if they're in panic
2: mode during a game like they play today and then they give up 16 runs like yeah, that's fucking amazing. that it is
1: so the best funny. team in baseball right now though the White Sox are the best team No, uh, that's as of fair. right now.
2: That's absolutely fair, but it doesn't matter. You got to fucking win games. They've lost like five in a row right now against yeah. the Athletics and the White Sox. Yes, they're the two best teams in the league. I get that, but yeah. come on.
4: And then, like I said, it's not like we're talking, you know, you know, they're like a 500 club and they're only, you know, five or six games back of the division. No. You know, their worst record in baseball. There's no yes. team worse than the Minnesota Twins right now, who a lot of people picked not just to make the playoffs, but to win the AL Central. So, guys, the Pirates crazy. are better than the yeah. Twins. That's, that's, <laughs> the, the Tigers are <laughs> better than half a game, but like still, it's crazy. All yeah, right. I think
2: the teams that just are terrible. I don't know. Oh, really who
4: knows? Um, all right. My third O-Damn oh, moment. This is, this is a little bit of a fun one. Um, I'm a, this is my one uh, screen share I got for you guys. Uh, a fan made a pretty incredible catch of an Aaron Judge home run. Um, this, was hot. this happened in Sunday's game. Um, against the Baltimore Orioles. They were playing in Baltimore. Uh, classic Aaron Judge uh, mass shot here, deep into left center field. And if you watch closely, um, if I pause it, if I can point them out, this kid right here in the red shirt.
1: Okay. Oh. Yeah, I Hard missed to... that. I no to... idea, idea to... what just happened.
4: Hard to tell. Look at it again.
1: <laughs> oh, clearly.
4: Here we go. Boom. Pretty incredible catch there. Um, Unfortunately, there's not a slow mo of the guy, so it's not the best video. Um, But basically, he 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 made the catch, no look, over over his shoulder. Uh, Obviously, wearing the glove, gets the he gets the high fives. Um, So I think it's always fun with baseball games um, to see fans make pretty awesome catches like that. Um, So there's kind of two debates. Going to baseball games in terms of fans and and and, and catching uh, home run balls, right? The the first one being, are you pro or con bringing your glove to the game? Um, so Eric, I want to ask you, you know, are you a guy that likes to see you know grown men using a glove catching a baseball like normal, or are you one of those guys that'd be like, no, just use your hands, don't don't bring your glove, like that's cheating. Like kind of what's what's your take on that part?
0: I think it's cool, um, for the you know more more than average baseball fan i think like if i was a kid i think when i was a kid i brought i for sure brought a glove to a game before um but i'm not against grown men bringing baseball gloves to baseball games i don't think i would because i don't have one anymore but um <laughs> if i gave you one would you use it yeah are you uh yeah yeah i would i um... was like 10 bucks at dick sporting goods dude. yeah
1: Played again just sports. use your beer cup man yeah we just as well yeah. yeah drink all the beer first though
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. or spill it on trading yeah um <laughs> yeah i mean when you first described this to me too i thought it was like uh the kid caught it to like make it a home run but he was it was way out <laughs> yeah no it was like it was crushed aaron Jones yeah. crushed um
4: i i personally think um i don't have a problem with grown men bringing their glove to a game i think it's it's just smart it's a it's Everyone, the, the point is, as a fan is to catch the ball, right? If, if you get one, if you get one hit at you, the glove increases your chance of doing that clearly. Um, and if I, if, you know, a glove does make it easier, but it's still not exactly easy, especially when guys are hitting 110 miles an hour right at you. Um, so, and you have to, you know, dodge other fans and try and get through it. So it's, it's not easy to, to, to catch a ball. A glove helps out. I don't see any problem with it. Obviously it's cooler if you can do a one handed grab with your bare hand. That's pretty cool. And that has, that has happened several times. Um, but you know, for me personally, if you want to bring glove, do it. I, I think it's great. Um, second one is if you're at a game, you're, you know, you're cheering on your home team, who, whoever that is, if the opposing team hits a home run and you catch that ball, you know, the kind of the, 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 the tradition is if the opposing team hits, hits a home run, uh, you throw the ball back on the field because you don't want it because it wasn't your team that hit it. Um, Eric. If you caught a home run ball from opposing team, you're at an Angels game, right? Um, and someone hits a home run, you catch it. Are you keeping that ball or are you throwing it back?
0: I didn't know that's actually tradition. But uh, if the player – it's like a legendary player that's not a dick. Um, I'll I'll give the, the ball to like a little kid sitting nearby or something. Um, yeah. If it's any other player that seems to be a piece of shit, then I'll just try to throw the ball back at him when he's rounding the closest base. At him. <laughs> <has happened> <laughs> right at him, just super yeah. accurately with all of my baseball skills and knowledge, just right at him. But yeah, I, I didn't know. know that was That's, That's actually kind of cool.
4: Yeah, um, that actually happened once at, at Fenway Park. Uh, I believe it was Aaron Judge, maybe, or maybe it was Stanton that was one of those guys uh, hit a home run at Fenway Park and the fan threw it and actually hit Stanton on his way, rounding second base, um, incredible throw. Um, and I, and I, and I, I believe Stan turned around and was like, nice throw. Like that was pretty, that was pretty legit, uh, <laughs> absolute cannon. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think you keep the ball or you, like you said, or, or, or you give it to a kid. I think it's foolish to throw the ball back. I understand it. Um, from a fan perspective, you, you're being, you're upset in the moment. Um, I think depending, like you oh said, who, maybe who it was and, you know, the time of the game, maybe you're just so enraged of what happened. You throw it back. Sure. I, I, I guess I can understand that, but man, how many times are you going to catch a home run ball? You know, I've never done it. You know, it's one of my dreams to catch a home run ball at, at a major league baseball game. I don't care who hits it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to soak in that moment. I'm not. throwing. All right.
2: am um, okay. But, I got it. I got one for you.
4: Yeah. Game seven of the world series. You lose off a walk
2: off and you end up catching that home run ball. You're going to keep that ball. Yeah, because I could sell it to whoever hit it
4: and I get a lot of money.
1: How much money are we talking?
4: People people pay a lot. of. If, if it's a ball like that, like that was a really iconic moment. I mean, you're looking at thousands, hundreds, thousands of dollars potentially in your pocket. So, I like that. You know, keep it, make some money. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not going to help. Hundreds of thousands dollars yeah, in my pocket. Right? But how do, you <laughs> know? how do you prove it? You're on video. What are you talking about?
2: Okay, I could, I could just go to the store and get a fucking baseball and say, hey, nah. I can switch it no, out.
3: They, 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 have, they'll, they'll they have authenticators. Yeah, yeah they'll know. Right. Like
1: the Google, like the, yeah, okay, cool.
4: Yeah, it's like I a know. diamond thing. Hey. Yeah, that's fair. Can. That's a fair answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to my last oh damn moment. Uh, the Oakland A's are in a little bit of a sticky situation with their uh, city. Um, they're, they've been trying to get a, a, a new stadium in Oakland. I don't know if any of you guys have been to that stadium, but it's very old. It's probably the state, stadium in all of American sports that needs to upgrade the most. It's it's old. It's run down. Um, they've, they've, the Oakland A's have been playing in Oakland since 1968. Um, I'm not sure when the stadium was built, but it was probably around that time.
1: 1968.
4: Um, yeah, probably. It was probably older <laughs> than that. Who knows? I think it was there when they got there. I, I, don't, I don't know. But um, very old stadium. They've been trying to rebuild because they want to stay in Oakland. They have a very good fan base there. However there's been a little bit of uh, a question mark if that's actually going to happen, if it's going to pass through, you know, the whole politics issue of them being able to raise the money to fund this new stadium in Oakland. If that doesn't happen, the ACE have talked about moving cities because they just need a new state, um, which, you know, anytime a, a team leaves a city, it's always sad for the fans. It's, it's never, it's never a good time. I don't think it's anything everyone, anyone wants to do, but sometimes they're forced to do it with certain situations. Um, so Alex, uh, you you wanted to talk about this one. Uh, you did work for the A's a little bit. You worked at the stadium, so your kind of experiences with OCO a little bit. And then um, kind of kind of do you do you want to see the A's move first of all, um, and second of all, if they do move, where do you see them relocating to?
3: Yeah. Okay. So first things first, if it's Carlos Correa or Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve, I'm throwing that ball back and I'm trying to hit them. Yeah. Fuck the Astros. That I think we can all agree on that. Um, into the Oakland thing. So, yeah, I did work for the A's for a year. Um, I've been to pretty much every corner of that stadium. And yes, it is in desperate need of a rebuild. Um, I believe it's the fifth oldest stadium in baseball after Fenway and Wrigley and then the two SoCal ones that it's not like the Dodgers and the Angels but Padres. Um, and I don't want the A's to move. That's first and foremost, I do not want them to move. Oakland has already lost the Raiders and the Warriors in the last three years or two years. Like how can you imagine Oakland losing three different teams within a decade? That is absolutely brutal. And they left to go to cities that are not. I mean, the Warriors just went across the Bay to shiny, spritzy San Francisco, which is actually just poop filled streets. <laughs> Fuck San Francisco, the dumbass ass city. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, working for the A's you're going to go to games and there's 5,000 people there, but they are the most passionate and the smartest baseball fans I've, I've almost ever met. I mean, the Dodgers travel. Well, the Dodgers have great fans. The Dodgers also have some of the worst fans in baseball. That's not even like, um, it's just the truth. Yeah. Like I hate half the Dodgers fans because they're stupid, but ace, ace fans are some of the best in baseball. It's quality over quantity for the ace fans. Um, so, I don't want them to move, but this has been a 15 year talk about with the Oakland A's and with the city and with the state. And unfortunately, the way that sports and stadiums work is it is citizens' tax money that will end up funding the stadiums. Um, you know, obviously, people are hurting after this year long plus pandemic. Um, you know, it seems like they've had had verbal agreements with multiple different stadiums over the last couple of years, and it just hasn't, hasn't figured it out. It doesn't help that you're in California where all the laws for things are a lot more stringent compared to if you were in Texas or something. This is Texas. It probably would have been done 10 years ago. Um, so I don't want them to move. I think they're going to, and it's going to be devastating. Um, and, I think James actually nailed it in the group text. I think it's Vegas. Um, Just I Nashville would be a really cool would be a really cool spot too. But based off of where the teams are in their in the just geographically, they can't move a team west to east. They just can't can't do it. They need more teams on the west coast. Um, You're already seeing, you know, the Mariners have like the shittiest schedule ever because their closest team is the A's in Oakland. And that's minimum like a three hour plane ride. So I think it's Vegas. It could be Portland. Um, I really, I was talking about this with Ashley and I really like the idea of Vancouver and another Canadian team. I don't know how that would work because all those Vancouver fans are already Mariners fans and Seattle is, you know, it's right there. Um, but for my A's fans and I love the A's like, you know, I'm a Dodgers fan and older Dodgers fans and A's fans don't get along. But that was five years before I was born, so I don't give a shit. I love days. I loved working for them. The stadium's a piece of shit, but it's also super great at the same time because you can get an actual beer for ten bucks instead of at AT&T or whatever it's called now. We're getting Coors Light for seventeen, and you get eight ounces. So I hope they do- I hope they stay in in Oakland. I don't think they will, but I think it's going to be either Vegas or Portland where they could end up going.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think anyone wants to see the A's leave, but at the same time, like it's just with the situation we're in, I think it's more likely that they will leave. Uh, I, bl- I believe they the lease of their current stadium ends in 2024. Um, so maybe you got three more years after this, which again, I, I hope they figure it out. I, I hope something happens. Um, and, and they stay in Oakland, they get a brand new shiny stadium. Um, and, you know, we don't have to be all sad about it, um, but Yeah, it's not looking good right now. Um, As you mentioned, it's been a long-going process. They've been trying to get a new stadium forever and just hasn't, for whatever reason, kind of worked out. Um, So, you know, we'll stay tuned, and we're obviously going to keep an eye on that. Um, It's probably going to be a long, drawn-out process, um, but, you know, hopefully I think we're on agreement that we would like the Oakland A's to stay in Oakland. Um, Eric, that's all I got for my O damn moments of the week. Thank you guys for uh, chiming in on your your takes and uh, looking forward to the next one.
0: Thank you, Tyler, for another uh, – Blue's just scored, by the way. We have a tie ball game in hockey right now. Um, it's Dude, don't don't get excited. Bennington has been standing on his head like I said he would. Um, and the President's Trophy team is now looking at a loss at the first game, possibly. Oh I mean, they God. still have a whole nother period, but yeah. Anyways, when we come back, we're talking uh, – Who pulled away from the NFL draft with the best and the worst picks when we come back? Welcome back, listeners and fans. We are to our last segment, last but not least. uh, We did talk... Everything up to the NFL draft, but now um, James wants to fill us all in on who came out with the best picks in the AFC and the NFC, and who also came out with the worst picks. James, let us hear it.
1: Yeah, so just like Eric mentioned, the draft was a couple weeks ago, and rookies are now entering minicamp, so a lot of these guys are going to team stadiums and team workout rooms and learning the offense and getting to their teammates. It's an exciting time for fans and teams all around. Um, so we're going to look at who got better and who got worse, who lost and who won today. We're going to start with the NFC. Alex, who do you have as a winner in the NFC?
3: Okay. So in the NFC, I have the winner being the Chicago bears. They got possibly the second best quarterback in this draft in Justin Fields. They traded up for him, which I, I did accurately predict just with the wrong team, but I just wanted to throw that out. Um, without having to throw away the farm they didn't they didn't trade everything to get him he could be the future in chicago for a really long time after they have not had a good quarterback in millennia i think um and then is their second pick they got a right tackle who could have been a first rounder who can protect justin fields moving forward um i think the i think the chicago bears got much better uh on draft day
1: I agree wholeheartedly, literally all the points you said I have written down in my notes. So I kind of feel like you hacked into my computer and took my notes, but that's cool. (laughs) Uh, Just to reiterate some stuff here, Matt Nagy is a creative head coach. He came from the Andy Reid system. He is good offensively, but never had the quarterback to do what he wanted to do. And now he does, given Justin Fields will probably sit a couple games before filling in for Andy Dalton. But that time, not rushing him, is going to help him out long term. And the Tevin Jenkins pick, huge fan. A lot of you guys had him going in the first round, but they got him in the second. And that's just going to give Justin Fields and Dalton some more time. It's all good stuff. I agree 100%. I think the winner of the NFC is the Chicago Bears. Eric, who do you have? I have the
0: San Francisco 49ers. Um, Okay, we talked about it. Jimmy G is not the guy. He couldn't get it done. He's had injury issues. A few weeks later, we hear the Niners uh, trade up for a draft pick. All of a sudden, they're getting a new quarterback. They get a quarterback, Trey Lance. Um, He's going to be a good refresh, restart for the Niners. Jimmy G is going to get one game. He's going to lose, like, 36-3, to probably, or sprain his ankle. Like, I don't don't hope anyone ever gets hurt, but, you know, it's just Jimmy G. And from there – sorry, I'm just looking at this highlight. From there – Trey Lance is going to get thrown right into the mix. He's going to fit well into this offensive scheme, and he's going to learn from this season. He's going to get a lot of good experience, and he's going to be the next future quarterback for them.
1: Yeah, I think barring injury, I, I don't think Trey Lance will play until seven or eight games in the season. Like I said, barring injury. If Jimmy D does get hurt, then yeah, Trey Lance is getting pushed in there. But this is a complicated system, a complicated offense. Trey Lance hasn't played at a high level. He played NCAA D1, but a low D1. So it's going to be a big test, a big change for him. I mean, I love the pick, but I just don't think they won the draft.
4: Tyler, who do you have? I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Of course you do. uh, Of course, course, (laughs) right? Um, Obviously, the number one pick, uh, Devontae Smith. Um, I think that pair with Jalen Hurts, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think it's got potential to be dynamic. Um, I think that that was a really good pick. They got a good playmaker there. Um, and I, and I, I like the picks that they went. They, they uh, followed up with. Uh, Lennon Dickerson, uh, their uh, offensive lineman, I think if he can stay healthy, uh, can be a very good uh, O lineman for them. And then they got uh, a cornerback and a running back, uh, Zach McPherson and Kenny Gainwell. Um, I think those are both good picks, potential really good uh, play, playmakers there. Uh, Howie Rosefin, not very good at uh, giving high fives, but I thought he did a good job of, <laughs> of, of,
1: of this draft. Yeah, they definitely, they filled up their offense big time. They didn't really care about, about defense that much. We'll see if that pays off. Yeah. And finally, trading. who do you think won?
2: I th- Who I think won is is um, Chicago, but I don't want to talk about them because I was did that. Um, I'm going to, I think a winner, not the winner, but a winner was the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think that they made the the right pick in Trey Lance. I think that he's going to fit better in a, in a Kyle Shanahan offense on top of that. I like their, I like their moves to shore up. I mean, they, they have, they picked Trey Sermon, they picked Elijah Mitchell. So they're really, they're really focusing on the ground game, which is what your Niners are all about. They're, they're, they're about that ground and pound, ground and pound game. Um, the, 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 um, guard and Aaron Banks, the, the offensive line and Jalen Moore, all those guys are shoring up that line and they're making it so that, um, you know, that, that, that offensive line is going to be strong going forward. They're going to, they're going to, they're, they have committed to that, to that game. And I, I love what they did because it fits exactly what Kyle Shanahan's style is. And I think, you, I think you guys are in good shape. You know, I, I would say that Jimmy G is probably going to play. I think to your point, I think he's going to play eight games. I would not be shocked if he actually ended up playing the whole season, if they do very well. Um, I think you'll see. I think you'll see. I think if they start to struggle, they may see him sooner. But Trey Lance, after Jimmy G takes his leave, is going to fit in perfectly. And you're going to have a very solid team offensively, you know, that fits that style for for years
1: to come. This may surprise you guys, but my favorite pick that the Niners made was not Trey Lance. It was actually the safety at USC, Teleno Hufanga. If you guys have watched his tape, if you guys haven't watched his tape, go watch his tape. That guy is electric. He's all over the place. He's passionate. And just hearing his interviews, he sounds like a very decent, nice human being. Huge pick of this of Talanahu Funga, and I, I want to see him play as soon as I possibly can. So not Trey Lance, but I like him. I, I mean, I like Trey Lance, too. Moving on to losers. Alex, We got losing in this draft in the NFC?
3: Yeah, it's the Green Bay Packers. We're staying in the NFC North. And, you know, it. it doesn't really matter what they did, but they didn't pick someone to keep your franchise the guy who just won the MVP happy who now wants out of Green Bay I didn't even look up who they picked but I knew it wasn't an an offensive lineman or a wide receiver and I was like that was a mistake Aaron Rodgers has been asking for this for years he's the one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks he's been in your in your locker room for 15 years he's asked he's been asking for this a wide receiver to pair with Devontae Adams he won the MVP last year you can't do it. Green Bay. What are you doing? What are you doing?
0: Green Bay Packers. You've you done fucked up.
1: Dude. I love that answer. That was a great answer. Eric, what do you got?
0: I got the Seattle sea chickens.
1: <laughs>
0: um, they get a wide receiver, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Russell Wilson, the most sacked quarterback in his last nine seasons. Um. Yeah, so you need an offensive lineman, protect Russell Wilson, the only guy keeping this team alive since they won that Super Bowl. Uh, Draft another wide receiver, I guess, whatever. I don't like him anyway, so it's okay. Um, But yeah, it's no protection for him. Still, they will remain a similar team, just another wide receiver that can probably catch his
1: passes. Eric, believe it or not, I agree with you 100 <laughs> percent I don't believe the Seattle you. <laughs> Seahawks. <laughs> uh the fact of the matter is they only had three picks in the entire draft, and they had picks in around two, four, and six. And as you had mentioned, they did not use, they didn't pick an O lineman until round six. Their first pick was a wide receiver. They picked the wide receiver when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and run a run first offense. So I feel like Tyler not getting made that pick for them, but they just couldn't change it. Because you know, Tyler loves his wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge mistake. Um, Tyler, who you got, man? Uh, I also got the green Bay Packers. Um, I think is they were the kind of the clear
4: loser of this draft. Um, it, was, it was a pretty easy pick. Um, Oh, the whole Aaron Rodgers drama is gonna is, is a major issue for them. Uh, they didn't pick a wide receiver until the third round Amari Rogers. Um, but it's not really going to matter because if the other Rodgers, the more important Rogers is gone, you're going to be fucked. So, um, I just I don't think it was a good draft for them. They got a lot going on. They gotta they gotta figure out what's going on with with Aaron. But from all reports and what all we, we seeing is he's he's on his way out. So uh, yeah, Green Bay, as Alex mentioned, you done fucked up.
1: <laughs> you guys are always on the same wavelength. At least three or four times a podcast. It's kind of crazy. Tyler, do you got? Me, trading. Trading. Um, wow, <laughs> you're good.
2: There. Okay. In the NFL, there are a lot of team slash quarterback tandems where both both parties need each other i would say that the the uh the chiefs and patrick mahomes the the patrick mahomes is that good because of the organization that he's part of Andy Reid's a huge part of that who he's who he's surrounded with is around that there's not very often that you see a quarterback that is needed more than the t- than than he needs the team does that make sense except the green bay packers <laughs> There's this particular team. If like Aaron Rodgers does so well, even though they've given him nothing, they've drafted a cornerback in 2018, a linebacker in 2019, a quarterback in 2020, and another cornerback in 2021. And this guy is having no help. The the Green Bay Packers are about to lose Aaron Rodgers. And the the era of back-to-back Hall of Famers, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is going to end. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be fucking terrible. You guys are fucking losers. Get
1: the fuck out. I love your passion. This podcast—it's all over the place. It's amazing, so much energy. I love it. All right, guys, you guys decide uh, who lost in the NFC—the Packers or the Seahawks. It's up to you. Moving on to the AFC, who won this draft in the AFC? Trade-in. Let's start with you, man.
2: Yes. So I have the Cleveland Browns. Um, okay. Did the Browns are the ba- the Browns did damn good. Um, I, look, they picked. They picked. Um, cornerback Greg Newsome, linebacker Jeremiah Ow- Owusa Cormoa. Uh look, <laughs> we, I thought that they were they were a damn good team and I you know, I I we I talked shit on, you know, Baker and all that stuff and they clearly ended up being a solid team in the in the AFC, uh especially in the AFC North. I would not be shocked if you know, we have them in the winning the AFC North next year. Uh, they've done they done very good moves. These moves are huge. Um, you know, K- uh, Kormo alone is a huge playmaker and is going to be the heart of the defense. Uh, and th- th- for a defense that's already pretty solid, uh, really good. Um, I I really like that. I really like what they did. Um, they're continuing to to build this team. And you know, even if you don't have an elite elite quarterback, I think that he's going to be good enough. Um, because you have the coach, you have the organization, you have all these picks, are these um, you know, this these players that are surrounding Baker and make him look better than he probably is, which is kind of what you're supposed to do. So I like it.
1: I like you know, it's crazy because the Browns aren't from your the team you hated the most, the Brown they're the team you love the most. Really? And that's the reason why is because when the dad left the house, the kids didn't throw a party, right? Exactly. They brought home he brought home more kids. That'll dude, not not that will help you with the Bro, chores.
2: It's just that, it, dude. It's, it's just how drugs. it works. Now, and they're they're all like you know groomed. You know they're not they're not you know wearing baggy clothes. They're groomed. They're t- they're buttoned up and they're ready to fucking play football. I love it.
1: <laughs> Alex, Alex, who you got, man?
3: Okay, so typically, what teams do when a draft comes around, they look at what they need and then they draft what they need. Trading, you fucking nailed it. The Cleveland Browns drafted what they needed. They now have an elite defense in an AFC North that has a lot of question marks with those other three teams. Um, I, I, it's hard to say the words. The Browns did a did a good job during the draft. I didn't know that was actually a sentence that was humanly possible to say out loud. Um, but they killed it. They did a really good job. I mean, I don't. I'm just trying to piggy. I'm just piggybacking on what Traden said. But the Browns have an elite defense that could carry them a long way. Good job, Cleveland. You finally didn't fuck it up.
1: Love it.
0: Eric. Um, The best team in the AFC was the Chargers. They drafted offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, Um, and we talked about it. Herbert now has another piece to his O-line. They're going to learn how to protect this guy because the more protection he gets, the better he plays. You know what that means? It means the Chargers will actually win games this year. It means they won't blow games. It means they won't lose games by field goals in the last, like, 30 seconds, which has happened to them the last two seasons. They finally have that piece they got Herbert last year. Um, we see how talented and good that he really can be. Now that he has more protection, this is really going to help them, and I think that they're going to be that much better of a team.
1: Interesting. That wasn't even on my radar, but, yeah, good stuff, man. Tyler? Tyler?
0: I got the Baltimore Ravens.
4: Uh I that think That wasn't on my radar either. I think wow. Lamar okay. Jackson, Lamar Jackson's is going to be Jackson. Happy with Jackson. Jackson. Uh <laughs> going to be happy with their uh, first round wide receiver pick R- Rashad Bateman. Um, I also think that they added some really good physical um, players on their um, both on the offensive line and the defensive line um, with uh Odafe Owe and Ben Cleveland. I don't know if I did the first one right. Um, but two two guys I like a lot, and then they added some depth at that cornerback uh, late, late in the draft. Um, you know, we mentioned that the Baltimore Ravens, I think we all unanimously agreed that, we, that they needed a, a wide receiver. I think Bateman, I think, fits that role for them. Um, so I think the Ravens did a really good job.
1: I went different than anybody else did. I went with the New England Patriots hmm. because Bill Belichick got his dude without having to trade any pieces. Like, he wanted Matthew McCoracle Jones the entire time. And he got Matthew McCoracle Jones with the 15th pick in the NFL draft. What? What's, is that
0: his middle name?
1: Yeah, McCoracle. I just love saying it. It's like a salt, isn't it? <laughs> or like a pepper, like whatever salt. it is. McCormick. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, McCoracle Jones. <laughs> um, he's, he's the prototypical Bill Belichick quarterback. Bill Belichick does not run a good offense with a mobile quarterback. He likes people who sit in the pocket and make good reads and accurate throws. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. I mean, kind of like Kosh Annan's system where it's like you throw the ball to your dude and let him run with it. That's what the Patriots do. Bill Belichick has you show throw short rather than long. Your progression is short to long, not the other way around. And McCorlick Jones does just that. Throws really good short. Uh The next couple of picks, they short up their defense. They're starting to build from the D-line out and that's just shown dominance because that's how Bill Belichick runs his defense. They're pretty much stacked. I honestly they're probably gonna be another it's gonna be another year of them being a top team because of their picks this draft. Moving on to the losers of the AFC. Trading, who you got?
2: okay so you know we all do we all do fantasy uh, football right and you know the, all all of us have like a, a sleeper pick we're like yeah that guy that guy's gonna be good i'm, I'm gonna wait till i'm gonna wait till the eighth or, or seventh round to, to pick this guy it's gonna be all it's gonna be all great and then you blow your load and pick him first first pick first round <laughs> Enter the Las Vegas Raiders, you fucking oh. idiots. The Raiders took Le- Alex Leatherwood at 17, who was maybe at 50 spots below everyone else's fucking list. And there's way better picks they could have picked beyond there. And then they went and picked Malcolm to <laughs> D- Divine Diablo in the third round, who were <laughs> probably, like, fifth-round values. Like, dude, like... You, oh and by the way they traded up to get um to get trevor moorig you know and then and then He's a safety. safety in the third and fourth round so so like i i just i just don't understand like they think they're smart and they're and they're just they played themselves they're fucking idiots like and and the problem is you know eric you talk about how um how uh what do who, i say their quarterback i can't even think right now because i'm like very hard Derek Carr is such, a, is such a piece of shit. Well, dude. I didn't say is, he's a
0: piece of shit. You
2: just say he's not that great. <laughs> he, is, he is that good. He just has to deal with the idiots that run this team. Ungruden and fucking Matt Mayock. Like, he could, he could thrive everything. <laughs> that's sad.
1: The, so, crazy, that's- the crazy thing about this is, is that Mike Mayock used to be a draft analyst. And he would literally, like, make your mock drafts and people would listen to him. And now that he's the GM of a team, he's doing a shit job of picking it's people. It's amazing. How ridiculous is that? It blows my mind. It's amazing. <laughs> Alex, who's the loser for you?
3: Yeah. Okay. So typically, what happens when the NFL draft comes around? Teams look at what they <laughs> need, <mean>, and,
0: <then, laughs>
3: and then they draft what you need, and then traded. My man, there are the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh. Who I said? <laughs> who I said? You need to get a Khalil Mack-esque defensive force, and then you draft a tackle. John Gruden, what the fuck are you doing? And then I don't I think Eric might have been added to the Raiders draft room because they drafted three safeties. So, <laughs> three.
0: Most Eric, important we player. Know you,
3: we know you love safeties. So, you know, hopefully some of these guys turn out for you, but Raiders just oh. <laughs> it's pain. bad it's painful. Partner. It's painful. You already had a top ten offense. James mentioned it when we were going over this. You pick a tackle. You need help on defense. You trade just mentioned it. He could have been. You could have gotten him two rounds later. You picked him seventeen overall. Oh Raiders! Oh the Raiders!
1: It's amazing. Like you guys just mentioned, they're they're bad. <laughs> watch watch us <laughs> be wrong and then absolutely just shred on defense. will be oh my. yeah we'll somehow. Be, Those three safeties end up playing like linebackers. I'm crazy. (laughs) Eric, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I got the Raiders. um, (laughs) But here's why. Yeah, it's funny. I completely contradict myself like I always do. My main reason was because they drafted three safeties. Like, anytime you draft three of the same position, like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? like. So then, one, it shows they have no confidence in the starter, Jonathan Abram um second is they drafted this third safety they had already drafted two very close in front of him um Tyree Gilepsy like I'm reading reports about him it's like they're gonna have this dude battle uh Jonathan Abram in in a training camp to see who gets the spot it's like what about the other two dudes you just drafted and then funny that you say that Alex or James I forget who just said this um like it's said that they're trying to move one of the safeties to linebacker now and then like they're gonna try to move one of the other safeties, like oh this guy could be like a mobile like like defensive end quarter. He could be like a jack of all trades on the. It's what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm glad that we all agree because earlier I was looking at it. And I'm like I hope I'm not the only one who just thinks they're just being fucking buffoons about all of
1: this. <laughs> buffoons. Yeah, you guys are spot on. What can I say? You guys all agree. What about Todd? Oh, do you have anything different? <laughs> I do. Thank you. Um, As great
4: as great or as poor as the Raiders' uh, picks were, I thought another team kind of similar thing. Uh, This team needed, I thought, needed some um, offensive lineman help, and they didn't draft a single offensive lineman. And that's the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I thought that their their first-round pick, Quiddy Pay, great, great, great pick. But you know, after that, hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: on. wait, wait, wait. You said the Colts need offensive line help Mm -hmm. as one of the most dominant offensive line that this league has had in the last five years. Is that true?
4: Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll just shut up then. I guess. I was like, bro, I guess my research sucks. You know what I said then? Just shit on the Raiders with us. (laughs) Yeah, fuck the Raiders. Raiders suck. They need a quarterback.
1: I have somebody different. I have the Texans. Mainly because the Texans traded away all their best players, but they still don't have a first or second round pick in this NFL draft. And with the third pick, they took a quarterback. And, I mean, like, I, I get the Deshaun Watson thing is kind of trippy and, like, Deshaun Watson may or may not play this season. But that's not your main concern right now. You you have holes everywhere in every single spot on your team. And you picked a quarterback. Like, even if Deshaun Watson does play, you're not, you're not going to win any games. Deshaun Watson's there to sell tickets. The Houston Texans are not going to win a game this season. They're a terrible team, a terrible franchise. Don't even bother watching this team if Deshaun Watson – doesn't play there's no reason to put on a Texans game at all terrible draft
2: oh well like to me. watch the
1: other team oh yeah i mean do that but then whenever <laughs> you, want the- <laughs> <Baltimore,
0: right? laughs>
1: yeah. you want to watch a pee wee team take <laughs> on NFL why team. did you you're just you're do that to me nfl man. sunday sunday
0: red zone and the texans come on turn the tv off Fair don't TV watch you that anymore that, like that day. day oh man that's my segment guys it's ruthless. It's <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, it's nice to talk about football again. It feels like it's been a little bit. Um, yeah, guys, uh, one quick last thing. Let me give you the quick hockey update of tonight. Um, unfortunately, Brad the Rat Marchant just broke Bobby Orr's record for the fastest playoff goals scored in Bruins franchise history, 39 seconds into overtime. Uh, we're big stack guys, and we find out right now, right then on the fly. Um, <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes dominated the Predators, even though the game was actually pretty close. And then right now we got a 1-1 dogfight with the Blues and Av's third period puck drop just began. Um, so we'll see the Blues come out with a game one upset victory as described earlier by Trayden. Um You're absolutely. all in all, the last thing I'll say, um, basically about like a year ago, you know, what was once uh dicking around at a brewery talking about sports. Oh my God, the avalanche just scored. Fuck. Um, <laughs> That's my thing. It was once an idea of just kind of dicking around at a brewery has now turned into like a year's worth uh, of podcast episodes, uh, 47 to be exact. So, you know, we want to thank all the fans, all the listeners, um, for all your feedback and, and just listening to us rant about sports and, and pop culture and, um, And, you know, we're going to continue to deliver and get better every time. So that's all we got for you guys this week. And we will catch you back next week. Peace.